What are you going to start with? Wow. If I could turn back time. We're going back in time. My name's Henry. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And I'm Rob. Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Hold on. Sorry. I'm Henry. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And I'm Rob. Yeah, something's wrong. We <laughs> got, I don't understand. There's an extra person here. You want to look around real quick? Oh, no. It's a joke. That was a goof and a gag. <laughs> We're here with our friend Rob. He decided to join us. We give you a little sneak peek. And honestly, back when we announced it in the last episode that there might be a special guest, we had no idea if there actually would be. <laughs> we were just going out on a whim. He's the only person who answered our call. So I, guess I was like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll do it. Why not? <laughs> He's here. He's on his own super cool podcast called Anime Shun. Yes. S-H-U-N. S-H-U-N. And now he's here to give his, what do you, would you say, expertise? Expertise. That's good. Hey. That's quality stuff. Do you have expertise on X-Men? Uh, expertise, I would not say. Familiarity, Same. sure. <laughs> Familiarity, Same. absolutely. Uh, all I need to know is who's your favorite X-Men. This will tell me everything. about That question can tell you everything you need to know about a person. Ooh. All right. Um, and, and this, is, I feel like, is complicated because I... Okay, I'm just going to go... At this point, th- there was an old favorite and there's a new favorite. Ooh. Give them both. All right, all right. Originally, when I'm watching the show that we are covering, I got to be honest, and I know this gets a lot of flack, I was a Cyclops yeah! guy. Yeah! I, was just, yeah! I like Cyclops. No, Cyclops rocks. No, Cyclops yeah. is great. I was like, yeah. he's got laser eyes. It's so cool. Yeah. No, I'm awesome. going to cry. He's the leader. He's conflicted with, as I the leader. I don't apologize for command decisions. <laughs> he just says cool shit. He it's, looks cool. He's got cool shit going on. I mean, and, and Jean Grey's doing him dirty the whole time. I'm just yeah. like, you know what? Look at you got Storm right here. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. I'm, right. During there was a couple moments during these, you know, what we're gonna cover. Oh yeah, I know what you're okay, talking about. Storm, do your thing. And then they kiss. <laughs> they should have. Yeah. Uh, but these days, I'm more of a Nightcrawler guy. I just love the oh, vibe. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. The, hold the on. Are great. He's Sorry, awesome. we don't even know who that is. Henry has no <laughs> idea who you're talking about. Okay. No. But I mean, <laughs> mostly from like even the the opening of X two was just yeah. like the, after that I was like this guy's that's like one of the all time great superhero teleporting is awesome hundred percent. Hey Henry, can you cut out, cut out that stuff where you mentioned Cyclops? No, just go straight to the Nightcrawler stuff. So do John's it. favorite. Don't do it, leave it. Do you, in there. Can you guess who John's favorite X Men is? I would guess Gambit. <laughs> Look, I guess I never really explained. I'm with Rob a little bit that I don't love Cyclops. I think that's stupid. That's like like liking Leonardo out of the Ninja Turtles. Okay, well, guess Fair who point. I like. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm Fair a Donatello point. guy. Exactly. But people make fun of me for that, too. They do. Oh, I'm a Donatello, Donatello guy myself. Yeah. There, so we're, we're brothers. I'm a Raphael guy. That's yeah. like being a beast guy. I accept it. I, I'm surprised everyone's answer is in Wolverine for like when you're a kid watching this show. They so much Wolverine wanted you to be. Wolverine was my favorite yeah, guy. me too. And me when too. I grew up, it kind of became Cyclops. And now... <sighs> I'm a bona fide Wolverine hater. Oh. Whoa. I, I'm I a bit this. of a Wolverine hater. In this episode, I can see where you're coming from a little bit. Uh-huh. He's he's pretty awesome. I, I mean, and that's the thing is just like, for me, the, what I always said is Wolverine is that guy, like when you were a kid on the playground, like playing superheroes or whatever, like, oh, that didn't hurt. That didn't hit me. That didn't hurt oh, me. I'm good. good. I can push through yeah. that. And I'm kind of just like, he just has everything. And especially, I think, because the X-Men movie franchises focused so specifically on him for right. so long. Yeah. He's the best character. I, I want to see other shit. There's other cool characters. No, sure. actually, there sure. aren't. I just, I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough Wolverine, personally. You're saying he's like the Joker of the, it's too, we're oversaturated. We're getting too much. Yes. I get that. I will say, though, since watching this show, because as the audience knows, this is like basically my first time watching this show in in like 
for real. And doing any kind of like dive into yeah. the X-Men outside of the movie I've seen franchise. the movies. Right. But this is my first time really looking at it. And what surprised me was I always thought of Wolverine as that, who's this like cocky asshole, basically. Raphael. He's a good guy. Yes, His morals down, are like very good. Like he's good. He has he's a code a little that he lives bit by. of a you know, he's a little shit stir. But For like sure. him and Gambit get into it. But, you know, Gambit's Yeah, I feel like they're both perfect. people with like mysterious past that just like you can't have two, right? It's like two sides of the same magnet too close together. Out of the way, gumbo. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. Is it great? Ripe for conflict, though. Like, God, those two characters. And yeah. then with Cyclops kind of stuck in the middle of trying to rein them both in. But as I aged, I didn't know how special Gambit was. I guess I'll put it that way. As a kid, I'm mm. like, oh, shit, every show I'm, I watch is going to have a cool Cajun. Mm. But never, yeah. never again. No. <laughs> if anything, it's usually the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some dipshit from the South who's yeah, exactly. really ignorant yeah. and awful. <laughs> but, guys, that's. 2022 what i think we should do is jump ahead to 2055 whoa whoa and that is where days of future past part one begins is that the year we find ourselves in holy shit and right off the bat we got a new animation style for the future style with style petite but also i don't really know why they did this is it to like make the future so much more jarring than I mean, it's really dark. Are. They use a lot of shadows. Yeah. It's very stylistic, but it's like... But even the frame rate, like, like kind of similar to the Wolverine um, in you... Yeah. They're not using any existing character models for this, so they had to come up with all this stuff new. I mean, it the Wolverine character weird. model is completely different, yeah. too, so I think they just put a lot of money into this opening half yeah, in the future. Cool. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the future characters' powers boil down to, like, laser arms. Yeah. <laughs> I just have arms that shoot out some form of laser. Yeah, who, the who girl, were, definitely. Who were those? Were those real? They're made up for the show. Oh. I mean, one guy kind of reminded me of Kane, uh, who's, like, mm. a character who has, like, cybernetic arms, but it's definitely not him. It's just a guy who, like, has Colossus powers. Like or Colossus arms, I should say, because he, he turns them from regular arms into metal, metal arms. arms. Right. Yeah, these two people are being hunted by Sentinels at the very opening. Yeah. yeah. They're in New York. It's yeah. in ruins. Dystopian future. Statue of Liberty is destroyed. Buildings in disarray. It's Yeah, it's like it's like Escape from New York. Very Escape from New York. Very and, Terminator. And also very... There's a lot of Terminator... Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. I should say, there's a lot of X-Men influence in the Terminator franchise, because X-Men did all this oh, shit first. Interesting. They That's did a, all this stuff before the Terminator. Because Days of Future Past was written in the 80, early 80s. Oh. Like yeah, one, yeah so. but the animated series is definitely referencing the Terminator. Oh, yeah, it's mirroring yeah, the yeah, imagery yeah. of the two. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. But, yeah, they come out of that, like... Tunnel of uh, what I, is a, some sort of super secret base, literally labeled X Men. There's X Men <laughs> like, crashed into. I think the it's wall. like graffiti. Okay, I, I hope. Yeah, X Men live or whatever. Yeah, I could yeah. see that, but it's just like X Men arrows pointing towards the tunnel. Where yeah. could they possibly be? Wolverine's in a trench coat. He's running around with these two other mutants, and then Sentinels bust. They're busting out of the walls and trying to get him. And that's when we see our our unnamed mutants. The blonde guy like starts cutting off their legs by charging through them. Metal he does arm. a little weird. There's a little flip off the wall, yeah. like a little kick turn, like when you're swimming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a little Matrix uh, yeah. action. <laughs> to get some momentum. Um, and then Wolverine comes out of nowhere, slices out his heart. It's really cool. But then... You used to take him down in half the time. Guess who yeah. shows up? Bishop. <laughs> and Wolverine, he's older. He's more tired. You can tell he's, you know, his adamantium claws are a little rusty. And Bishop kind of qu very quickly... Dispatches all of them. Yeah. yeah. The mutants, not the Sentinels. I just had They're a thought. Gone. I think Cable's theme, which is very Terminator-y, should be switched with 
bishop's theme, which is very Western. I wow, I didn't think about that, but I 100% agree. Well, I think, I think it's backwards. They're trying to sell this idea that bishop's like a bounty hunter. I think. Oh, I see. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, it's true. I mean, well, <laughs> but I uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. three rebels. <laughs> that makes sense. The bounty hunter makes sense. But especially with Cable coming in the way he does, where he's like, I'm the wild man from Borneo, and like, yeah. you know, he's in the countryside of yeah. Genosha when we first met him. Completely decked out in X-Men gear. In, the oh, <laughs> yeah, in their yeah. colors. Got the little, like, seal on his hip and everything. It's just like, all right, well. But he's also, like, willing to just sell out Wolverine. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. I, that's one thing I want to talk about is, like, Bishop's, like, what is his, so it's in a future where mutants are outlawed and they're rounded up and they're sent to the Sentinel camps, but Bishop says, like, you know, the ones who resist are the ones who get in trouble and they're the ones who get hunted by the Sentinels, and Bishop's clearly working for the Sentinels, mm -hmm. but he also, like, r respects the X-Men? Yeah, his motivation seemed very murky. And he's also been marked by, like, doesn't he have, like, the M on his eye that's, like, carp into his face? I didn't know what the M it's was. It's the M. It's M for mutant. But did he uh, do it? That's from A Days of Future Past. The, in the comic, it's, so the humans that resisted, they would get an H. Or it was, sorry, it was humans that had the X gene in them that were able to pass it on and create mutant children. Oh. They were given an H label. Oh. Um, mutants got an M label. Uh, and then, I think that's it. And then if you were just a normal mutant, you were just left, or a normal human, you were just left alone. Yeah. But Bishop is just like, I mean, hey, listen, they're leaving everybody that's not resisting alone, but they've killed everybody at this point. So I can't. Like, Most I, of, yeah. I guess he, maybe it's just like, well, what else am I going to do? Like nobody else is yeah. paying at this point. He's it's the only fun. job in town. He seems like he's having fun. He's yeah. got a little speeder bike. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting for the creators to like choose to bring in, to have Bishop be the one brought in this way where he's hunting them. Because part of Bishop's introduction in the comic isn't really from the Days of Future Past storyline. He is coming from a future, but it's a different dystopian future later in the 90s as opposed to the oh, early 80s when Days of Future Past was written. And so it's weird that they're trying to do this thing of have him be the one to come back in time to stop the assassination, but they're also muddling it with him being an antagonist against the X-Men. Mm. So, but he, uh, yeah. Well, Rob, you'll notice everything feels rushed in these episodes because they pack so much fucking story. So much. And that's the case for the entire season thus far. <laughs> so, I mean, to our benefit. I was shocked yeah. to hear that, you know, Days of Future Past was a season one plot line. Exactly. I, I, when I was looking, I scrolled towards the end assuming it was going to be back there. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Would you think we meet Apocalypse in season one? Would you think that Magneto no. is in two episodes only so far? Yeah, or that we did Extinction Agenda. That whole crossover was in the first season. Like, it's they crazy. did that. Yeah. Apocalypse, I mean, all we of We touched it. on this in another episode, but it's like, if this came out today, th this plot would be spread over an entire season, and yeah. it would be not as good. I, I mean, it's it. There's a middle ground. There's a healthy middle ground. I think so. But yeah. like, yeah, I we're think we'll see that later in the show because later in the show you can see that they do the Phoenix Saga, which is like five episodes long, and then the Dark Phoenix Saga a few episodes later, which is four episodes long. So oh, okay. we, I feel like. They oh, really started to that. give this Probably stuff a they lot running out of ideas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like maybe they didn't think they were going to get a second season. They're like, let's just cram. That's what it feels like. Everything yeah. in there as They're much as we it. can. It's like a greatest hits of the X Men in this first one. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. Apparently, they gave up. Like Marvel did them a solid. I was reading in previously on Eric uh, Leewald's book. Oh yeah, they took away the fees that they take from the episodes. Marvel would get paid for each episode and put that into the budget of the show to make the animation better. Oh, wow. only for season one. Wow. Oh, and Eric Leewald said the show would never have worked if they hadn't put that extra money into the budget. So like like you said, I think they just went all out for season I one. Yeah, go for broke because the animation is really great. You can tell in certain episodes they they crank it up. Yeah. Um. Okay. Back to the episode. 
Bishop has captured Wolverine and those and those two losers, and they're he's walking <laughs> them into the the Sentinel base. And what do we pass? The graves of the X Men. They're dead. They're gone. Storm. I didn't Rogue. know the dates, but Jubilee. I got it. I I do have a couple dates here. Cyclops and Rogue died in 2032 and 2033. And like, listen, this is obviously some very rough and rushed ma- uh, math. <laughs> Wait. Oh my God. They made it to like their 60s. I would assume we which should is be like, celebrating their. De- I mean, yeah, we're in 2022 well. right now. Oh, I, whoa. Somebody. I think they said Storm died in 2021s, which would have been last year for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, Storm done dirty again. We didn't even acknowledge it. Well, Jubilee so. was the first to go. Well, 2010. Yep, 2010. Yep. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. That's Very depressing. Early. And they land on that as the final shot of that, of like all the graves, and it right. lands on Jubilee 2010. She definitely like, tried to like uppercut Apocalypse, and he's like, <laughs> first person to join the team. No doubt. Yeah, he just evaporated her. <laughs> to be fair, thus far, they put Jubilee in the worst situations. Like, yeah. She's uh, left behind with Sabretooth by herself. Yep. She's put in charge of security in this episode by herself. Yep. She gets sent on the mission later, but not by herself, but she, then she falls asleep. <laughs> she just takes a nap under a tree and Rogue's <laughs> just like, you know what? I'll take a you. Take a rest. And then like, yeah, they're getting chased by the Brotherhood of Mutants and then she's just like waking up like, huh, what's going on? <laughs> like, no wonder she died in 2010. <laughs> this is a big moment for me. Um, I'm about to out comic Andrew. Do it. Oh, You're like, you can try. And a fascinating coincidence. Jubilee is killed in the comics in an issue in 2010. Oh, my God. Whoa. Wow. That's the Twilight Zone. Look at that. She was turned into a vampire, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. Oh, Bigfoot time. (laughs) (laughs) But she's like the mutant that they kind of start the show with, right? So I guess it's all... Through her eyes, it's a in a similar way. way that mm, it is in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. They pretty quickly mm-hmm. kind of throw her it. aside. I yeah. mean, she's more like the kid sidekick. It, gotcha. it just becomes morph chill. Let's be real. Oh, every God. episode is morph, morph. Oh. Do you like morph, Rob? I feel nothing about morph. Like <laughs> I, I just, this I, is the best part. This is the best episode. <laughs> I. Uh. It's not like I have negative or positive. I he, like he does nothing for me because he's just so like. Long <laughs> They're just like we need a Mystique type character, but it can't be Mystique. And then who shows up later? Mystique. Uh, he's Wolverine's best friend. Like it is Wolverine. It, it is the catalyst that makes Wolverine like question his entire role on the team. And mm. Rob, over the course of this podcast, I've kind of had to change my tune. As you can see behind you, I have the Morph Wolverine. It's uh, They're just honoring breaking the two of you them down. together. <laughs> I have come to appreciate him a little more be- only because of his effect on the other X-Men that I care about. I see. He's a catalyst. He's the Coulson. Ooh. Gotcha. Okay. Uniting factor. Yeah. He's Got the it. he's the guy who dies in the first mission, that, which yeah. then brings the team together to, you know, win (laughs) (laughs) gotta win (laughs) so bishop brings wolverine and the two mutants to little sentinels hq sentinels are guarding the door they look at each other and exchange beams in a very cool that was pretty cool security scanning (laughs) like and they both agree that they don't like bishop anymore and they blast his card well he served his purpose he brought them powerful mutants and they're like well he's mutant and wolverine's immediately like told you so idiot which implies that he's done this a bunch of times and is responsible for the death of many mutants oh yeah they said quota reach so i I will maybe even the x-men i do want to clarify something that probably wasn't clarified in the show just because they're in the camps doesn't mean they're dying they're just like living in imprisonment forever actually the camps are nice you fucked up (laughs) yeah you're disgusting (laughs) all right check please (laughs) <laughs> no, but yeah, like they, they live in the camps and they have uh, mutant um, power repressing collars on the entire time. And who created those? Rob? <laughs> I just asked him a bunch of uh, trash, maybe? I, I think was, it was. Wait, who was it? 
No, it was um, the leader. It was the uh, no. Oh, the it was um, shit. Cutting this out because none of us know. <laughs> we the know name that. of the guy that got uh, got. Uh, what was the name of the scientist? Oh, oh Adler. Adler. Gottfried Adler. He's ah, the guy okay. who created the technology for. Or at least that's who we were told created the technology. But anyway, so they're wearing the mutant control collars in the future, and uh, like Magneto's there, and he's like in a wheelchair because he's really old, and it takes place in 2013. This is written again, early 80s. So. Mm. Um, they send Kitty Pride back in time using Rachel Summers' powers, and Rachel Summers is the daughter of Jean Grey and Cyclops, and she's an extremely powerful, like telepath, telekinetic oh, uh, cool. mutant. Yeah, um, and she sends Kitty Pride, Kitty Pride back into her own body in the past because Kitty Pride is the only X Men um, who has not had the psychic training to block telepathic attacks yet, and so that's why they have to send her back as opposed to like Storm, who is like alive in this comic in the continuity, like she's alive in the future, and they're all imprisoned together. And this is right. kind of like their last chance because the Sentinels are about to take over the entire world, which is going to trigger a nuclear holocaust. Um, and so they're trying to prevent that from happening by going back in time and stopping the assassination that kicked it all off, which was when uh, Senator Kelly was killed by the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, who are in this episode. Yep. So Bishop's fucked, right? The, the Sentinels have turned on him, and Wolverine shushes him for the second time in this episode. Shh, shh, I'm going to handle this. And the four mutants, the two we, we've talked about earlier, make their escape. Yeah, they kind of cover for Wolverine or just like, remember the mission. Yeah. And kind of hand him like a tubey thing. They give him a device, yeah. Yeah, and he he takes off. Yeah, which is another thing similar to the comics, except he gives that to Rachel. Um, it's like Wolverine's on the outside, and he like finds this little thing that will we'll, uh, disable the collar around her neck, which allows oh. her to use her powers to send Kitty Pride back. Well, we see these four mutants just pop up and fuck up these Sentinels, and we're like, damn, no one could get them. But little do we know, the most powerful Sentinel is about to be sicked on them. Party's over. Someone invited Nimrod. Wolverine, go! Uh-oh. Nimrod, the most Nimrod. fearsome sentinel. Giant <laughs> white and pink robot. <laughs> Metal Moon Knight himself. He's pretty... That's what I call him. He's smaller than all the other sentinels. Yeah. He's more humanoid. He's about 10 feet tall as opposed to 20 or 30 feet tall. <laughs> I assume this terrible name is an acronym. Well, because Nimrod is like, I think he's like a biblical hunter. Yes. Like, oh. No, he's just Nimrod. <laughs> That's yeah. his name. Whoa, whoa. In the Bible? Yeah, I think so. Someone was named Nimrod? Right? Okay. Yeah, that's where he got his name from because he's just the ultimate hunter-tracker robot. They So they send him... He actually, when Rachel eventually goes back in time too in the comics, and they send Nimrod after her to go chase her down. But then what he ends up doing is he, Nimrod's very... He's not like the other Sentinels. He is the most advanced, far advanced of all of them, and he's actually very like introspective, and he's constantly learning. And so his mode isn't just to like constantly attack and engage like... He'll fight the X-Men, and then if they beat him up a little bit too badly, he'll just, like, leave the fight and then, like, won't show up for a few more issues, and then we'll pop back in and be like, hey, here's everything I've learned since the last time I fought you, and he'll be even harder to kill, and he'll try to kill mm -hmm. them again. And that's hey, kind of this, like, perpetual master. And he just sort of floats, like, yeah. a little bit above the ground, yeah. like, very, yeah. just very still. He can fly, he can float, he can teleport, he can change the gravity of an individual person. Like, he does that to someone in the comic where he literally, like, touches them, and their gravity reverses, and they just shoot up into oh, this shit. space. And, like, he's insane. <laughs> so, I had to Google this, because you blew my mind with the Nimrod thing. Yeah. It didn't become slang until 1983. When Green Day came out? With the album? 83? No, that would have been in the <laughs> 90s. Uh, I feel like I feel like I was reading about this, and I think it actually maybe even goes back to uh, Bugs Bunny, because he would call oh. Elmer Fudd Nimrod. He is a hunter. 
but people oh. didn't realize that he was basically sarcastically calling him yeah. a bad hunter. They just thought he was calling him a fucking idiot. Yeah. When it's I was a kid, gold. I always thought Nimrod meant idiot because of Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't come here to learn shit. Today. Yeah, this is <laughs> enough of this. All right, I'll, education <laughs> stopped. But thankfully, uh, Wolverine and Bishop they're able to they get to the lab even as Nimrod is hunting them down, and um, they meet a new mutant that we haven't seen before, Forge. Forge. Okay, so this is the first time that you see yeah. Forge on the show. Yeah. First time we've ever met Forge, and it's in the future, and he's his leg's gone, and he's got a cybernetic leg, and he's really old, and mm-hmm. he brings him into this his lab where he's you know been working on this time machine. Um, and I guess Wolverine now finally has the final part they need to actually send him back. So what is Forge's power, Andrew? Talking really slow and like being very vague about every single thing that they talk about. So technically, the the easy explanation is he can invent pretty much anything. But he can his power <laughs> is, like, is wait what? Yeah, I know. His power is his ability to like look at something and like instantly understand like mechanically how it works and okay, like so be able to replicate that. At what point in your life? Do you decide you're a mutant because of this power? This book is made of pages. Yeah, I wonder if like his <laughs> his like inciting incident is just like a bus was about to run him over and took his leg, and he's like, I understand exactly how this bus is running over me and taking it's my moving leg. on wheels. And he took the moment. parts from the bus to rebuild a new leg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. the driver is using some sort of pedal to power towards me. Interesting. Interesting. So Forge and Bishop and Wolverine are all speaking very vaguely about the 90s. He's supposed to go back in time to stop an assassination that happened in the 90s, and they have to find the assassin and kill the assassin. Or make that win the 90s. Why then? The assassination. Okay. It does a lot of this teasing for us in the episode, which is smart. It is smart. It makes me want to know what's going to happen. It doesn't happen in kid shows often. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he says a whole thing of like, well, that means you're going to have to go up against, I know who I have to go up yeah, against. Yeah. 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 That sort yep. of thing. Uh, so Wolverine takes out his shotgun, of course. Um, yep. You get to see Wolverine with a gun, which was kind of <laughs> cool. so <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> He's like, I'm coming back with this gun. I'm I wish old. that my action figure had the shotgun from this episode because that would have been sick. Well, I it's like a shotgun that can also like scan for like time energy. Yeah, like, they use Cyclops that later has on. it later, and he's like yeah. looking around, and you can see how things are made. Or It's like... it. It shows portals, but then it also shows like it can like break things down. Yeah, kind of like Forge. Interesting. It's almost like Forge probably it's built this like gun Forge using his knowledge. So yeah. But they throughout the course of this conversation, they realize that sending Wolverine back probably isn't the best idea because he's he's old, he's rusty, he barely has the fight in him anymore. And so Bishop is all of a sudden like, I'm going to do this mission, even though I was hunting mutants just mere minutes ago. Yeah, it's in like Wolverine does seem like he's just kind of ready to throw in the towel at this point because they explain this whole thing. They give him the transponder. Yeah. He's like, this is going to keep you like centered in time. Mm-hmm. If you lose this, you'll get ripped back to right now. Mm-hmm. And right after that, Bishop's like, well, how are you going to get back? I don't Wolverine- want anyone or anything following me. But how are you planning to get back? Oh. I'm not. How do you, how, what do you mean? How are you planning to get back? You could take the transponder off. Yeah. <laughs> he Shit. just said that. That's all you got to do. Forge just said that. Like, he's like, I'm going to go back and live Damn in it. the 90s again because that was my favorite time <laughs> to be just alive. do it all again. Just Maybe. do it all again. I'm going to kill this assassin and just keep hanging out. Yeah, but it does. I mean, it feels like it, it is also just, like, ethically responsible to send Bishop back just so there's not two Wolverines just, like, right. yeah, exactly. running around. No, no, the plan is to kill Cyclops and run off with Gene. Ooh. Oh. And, kill, and he can kill past Wolverine, too. While this he's is his yeah. Captain America plan in, in MCU. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's just more fucked up. I mean, it's the future. He's seen Endgame, so he knows. Yeah. So they continue to hint at, you know, who this assassin is. 
and then and then uh, Wolverine gets questioned again. You figured out a way to stop that assassination? Yeah, by stopping the assassin. But that means Smart. you're going after. I know who I'm going after. Ooh, Ooh who could it be? Okay. What? No, who is it? Going one after. second. The things are getting a little mysterious around here. Well, Andrew, you said Bishop shouldn't be sent back, but who's better capable of killing X-Men than Bishop, who's known to have killed many an X-Men at this point? It's a great point. That is a great point, whereas Wolverine might... Well, depending on who the assassin is, Wolverine could have also potentially had no qualms about killing them. I, don't, I feel like this this instance where he got he got won over by Wolverine turned Bishop soft. Like, they say at one point, and we can cover this later, but just like, hey, one of these shells is like enough to kill us. And oh, yeah, Gene oh, yeah. says... Yeah. He has so many times where he's just blasting people, and they're fine. Like, <laughs> even in the moment where he's yeah. just like, oh, it's two gambits. We'll, we'll get there. I don't want to. Yeah, think, yeah. I think Bishop's just, like, kind of nuts, and I love him. I think... Oh, yeah. He just, like, shoots first and doesn't ask questions. Uh, Absolutely. You couldn't handle me, old man. You'll never handle an X-Man. So in the comic, he comes from a future, a further distant future, where he's a bounty hunter who's been fighting this guy, Trevor Fitzroy, who's a time-traveling mutant who basically sucks out your life force and turns it into time energy that he can create oh portals God, and travel no, through no, time. No, 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 X-Men is awesome, no, you guys. It out. is such a great <laughs> What is book. time energy? This guy took my time energy. <laughs> no, it's your life Damn energy, it. and he converted it into pure raw like time portal like energy. the justin timberlake he took movie? the time you had left the justin and now timberlake he's channeling movie. that okay so while bishop was hunting this guy down basically trevor fitzroy finds himself in the x-men's present and uh, bishop's coming back to find him but in bishop's future he had found of uh, the x-mansion that was in ru ruins rubble and he found their secret underground base in x-mansion and he saw the last transmission that was from the x-men before they were all killed and it's Jean Grey, and she's like, this is the last transmission of the X-Men. Like, please, I didn't think one of our own was going to kill us. And you see this blast of, like, purple, sparkling energy, and then she's dead, and the transmission ends. Whoa. So Bishop thinks it's Gambit. He just assumes that Gambit is the one that killed all of them because when he goes back mm. and he meets the X-Men, Gambit's the only one he doesn't know anything about because he's heard of all the others, but he's never heard of Gambit, and that's why he goes after Gambit in the comic. I need to sleep. <laughs> Henry plays this anytime I talk too long about the comic books. <laughs> We're here to talk about the TV show. So Nimrod busts in, and yeah, oh shit, yeah, yeah they yeah. can't really settle it. But but Bishop grabs the gun and jumps in the time machine. Sorry, did we did we did we touch on if Bishop is officially taking Wolverine's place and going back? Yeah, and they. They give him the transponder, and Forge is essentially like, it, the transponder will tell him everything he needs to know. Yes. Spoiler, it doesn't. No, it, it tells him almost job. nothing. <laughs> yep. And then Forge turns to, to, to Bishop before he leaves and is just like, go in peace. Yeah. He's going to go kill an assassin. I think yeah. Forge assumes that everyone knows what he knows because he's so chill the entire time. He's just like, it's the transponder. In, in the comics, <laughs> don't hit that snooze button, but he takes over uh, when Tony Stark uh, gives up being a defense weapons contractor for the U.S. government. They actually have Forge like step in and ah. Forge starts developing weapons for oh. the U.S. government. And then the X-Men meet him and he realizes that's probably not a good idea and he joins them and makes stuff for them instead. What gotcha. we're not factoring in is these two fuckers have seen some crazy shit in their oh. lifetime. Yeah, oh, they've yeah. seen the whole world collapse. They're or cold. maybe it was already they're, collapsed. Yeah, yeah. They're, he's not a robotic. Yeah. No. He Whatever. lost his parents. In Unflappable. Mm. I think he's just a chill guy. So Bishop jumps into the, into the portal. The portal is not a portal, but it's like a... It's a wall you that you freeze. stick on. Yeah, like, it's like a Velcro like, wall that It's you like jump a Nickelodeon yeah. game show where kids like yes. Velcro against the wall. Yes. <laughs> so he's frozen in that thing as the Sentinels 
and Nimrod are busting through the walls. Wolverine's getting shot. Forge getting shot. They're giving I think their the lives. The last thing he sees before he goes is like Wolverine like disintegrating in front of it's them. Really, right? like, it's really, yeah. It, he intense. had a point about Wolverine not being able to do it because he couldn't even he hold the door. Gets, yeah. He's dead. He's yeah. gone. He's done. And then he's in the future, or is he? Because he thinks he's still stuck in. The, well, he or in he the nineties looked like shit. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> hey, 90, 1992 New York City. I mean, but then, but guys, then he makes a realization. Children on the street. In daylight? Whoa. And you, listen, children are not on the streets in daylight in 2055. No, it it compiles. It's like, oh, wait, children live? Yeah. And they're on the street? In daylight? Wait a sec. And they're in daylight? Whoa. (laughs) Otherwise, this looks exactly the same. Three things he's never seen before. Children, street, daylight. daylight. The bombed out buildings and fucked up cars. He sees sees that very often. And he also gets a bout of extremely convenient amnesia. (laughs) Yeah, he cannot remember his mission. He doesn't know what he's there for. He doesn't know who the X-Men are, I guess. He jumps Um, to conclusions really fast. Yeah, he sees a newspaper and sees Xavier on it, and he's like, I'm... I should probably talk to him, I guess. That's I guess probably my mission. I guess he's the target, right? I, I want to shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> and then, who do we see next? I'm a mutant, too. <laughs> Gambit, Rogue, and... Beast! Yeah. He's been in jail the entire season, Rob. Can oh, you believe God it? Damn it? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I was going to say, because I, I... No, I did. I did. <laughs> my question for Rob was going to be, oh, if you, if, if you <laughs> had to guess when Beast ended up in prison... And I assumed you wouldn't have guessed the first episode. No, because the one thing I remember about this show, having started it, is I was going to guess, like, because I saw you had this question. Mm-hmm. I was going to guess episode, like, two. Because I remember Correct. Morph getting, yeah. like, axed and Beast getting hauled off to prison oh, shit. Yeah, very okay. early. Okay. Yeah, that's a no, good that's memory. It. Okay. And that was, yeah. Since that, then, he's been in jail. <laughs> just the whole time. Because, yeah, Gambit's just like, we sh- you could just, like, flex and bust out of here. He's even, like, bending he the bars. He opens the bars to let Gambit out. And they don't give him, he doesn't even have a door on his cell. That's how much these people hate mutants, like, and they're so afraid of Beast busting out. It's a 40-odd game of solitary is all, though I can't see how you can stand it in here. Gambit hates prison. Now, we did establish in the first episode that Gambit, the first time he referenced solitaire was when he was flirting with the woman, and um, he was she was talking about, oh, you like to play cards, and he's like, I like solitaire, okay. I like solitaire, Whoa. okay. Unless I got someone to play with, implying that he likes to play with himself unless he's got another person to play with. So when he's sure. talking to Beast about solitaire in jail... He's like, you jerking off in there? Every <laughs> one of those cards has a naked lady on it. He just slipped him <laughs> some porn. Man, Beast would have been built for the pandemic. He's just like, all he needs is a good book. He's, and he's totally just like He's so fine. Completely unflappable in prison. Just like, doing some prison workouts. Like, he's good. Yeah, no, he's feeling great. Rogue is giving him a, a book that she just liked the cover of, which just happens to be You Can't Go Home Again by Thomas Wolfe, um, which I could do a deep dive on that unless Henry's No, all good. <laughs> and uh, so then... <laughs> well, no, it's interesting because the book does thematically tie in with, like, Beast's... Um, current predicament and like the whole overarching um, theme of the season, which is this idea that like the world is constantly changing. And when you leave home, it will always change. So you can never quite return to a home. Um, Mm. And he was wrote, he wrote it in like the twenties and thirties at a time where like capitalism was like just ramping up and fascism was taking over Germany. And he did a lot of comparisons between the two of how like our rapidly capitalist society is going to lead to our own like moral deterioration um, which is interesting because the first time we saw Beast in Jail, he was reading Animal Farm, which was like a critique of communism. Mm-hmm. And now he's reading a critique of capitalism. And it's like, he's just expanding his mind. I mean, I mean, maybe he's going from being right-wing to a leftist. I don't know, but... Yeah, 
Gambit or Beast is very conservative. <laughs> <laughs> and Rogue just likes the cover of it. So yeah. Um, yeah, what's Gambit say? Like, Beast is easy to shop for. Just look for the book with the dustiest cover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you just quote three poets in like five seconds. Yeah. Gambit's like, I'm out of here, yeah. which is, I think, what I would do too. I'm like, Thomas okay, Wolf, dude, Richard enough. Lovelace, and John Wesley. Like, great mm-hmm. conversation hearing you like just quote people. Another thing annoyed me about Beast Gambit leaves and he's like, he must have been in prison before. He's he's scared. Like, shut up, no, dude. He's Maybe he's just bored. With him. What? That's such a cynical yeah. take on it. You oh my god. So <laughs> he's like trying to empathize with Gambit's point of view. No, he's, he's like Gambit can't read. You hate he doesn't so get much. This. He hear John back just me up. He's a smart he hears a southern Cajun accent. He he says he's a thief. He's like he's probably been in prison before. He wants to get out of here. He's like, no, you're boring him to death. He doesn't want to hear you quoting literature or something. Whatever. Check okay. your pockets, Rogue. He might have taken you a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowing this beast slander. Not on my watch. <laughs> okay, we're cutting back to Bishop. Bishop hears kids talking about an assassin video game. Is also is Punisher on the cover of that? Oh yeah, yeah. It's Punisher. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. Your assassin cartridge. Yeah. Good um, thing he happened to overhear that because yeah. all of a sudden he just holds onto it as assassin cartridge i have to kill the (laughs) x-men yeah (laughs) he even like pieces together the words wrong like he's like assassin the x-men yeah right (laughs) that's it he's like it's all coming together (laughs) is the punisher really an assassin though nope i don't think so no i think it's just a little fun you will find that any opportunity this show has to just drop a random marvel character in the background or they'll take it do it it. every time Mm mm-hmm so Bishop gets on a bus and then he doesn't get on a bus. He fucking well, steals yeah. that shit. Yeah, he just <laughs> walks onto a bus with a gun. Yeah, <laughs> and this is after the transponder. It just shows him a picture of the entire X Men team and is just like, yeah. take out, take yeah. out, go to take out, take out yeah. X Men. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> all of them. Like, couldn't Force just be like record a quick video message to be like, hey Bishop, here's the exact particulars of what you need to do. Here's the assassin. Here's where you need to go. Here's where they're going to be. You know, no, it's just take out X Men. <laughs> Time travel probably scrambled up your brain a bit, you know? Forge doesn't know how to do anything but look at machines. <laughs> He's just staring at machines. He can't spell. He He's can't like, read. I've got to figure this out. And clearly, NYPD sucked then. They suck now because he <laughs> drives a bus all the way to upstate New York and <laughs> careening all over the road, and not one trooper pulls him over. For the future. <laughs> <laughs> he, crashes, he crashes into the front door door of X of what is it X mansion X mansion yeah it? and Jubilee is once again given a job she is not qualified yep. for well you know what actually to her credit she does say creepy looking dude in sector G but that's her response so, to a man <laughs> driving you know, a bus hey, through the listen, wall she, she called it out hey creepy guy in sector G I don't know that's what's going some on. great security right there <laughs> they needed to send the guy for a covert operation to stop an assassination <laughs> and they sent the guy who drives a bus through the wall and immediately starts shooting at X men <laughs> <laughs> he says assassins for the future and just starts fighting everybody oh, and like uh, Cyclops and Storm kind of have like a Han and Chewie on the Death Star moment where they're just like ah, yeah. and then the bus comes through and they immediately 180 and get the fuck out yeah, of there they're like mm, no thanks I will say Jubilee does come in handy because she is the one who sparkles him and causes him to sort of get knocked over which mm. sort of lets Wolverine get the jump on him um, but then that's when he says, I'm going to remember this rookie. And Bishop is like, oh, that's the guy. The guy who looks exactly like the guy that I met in the future. Hey, who keeps calling second. me rookie for some reason. Yeah. A lot. He calls him rookie in the future. He calls him rookie. Now. Like, why would you first? Why not call him bub? This, this guy just broke into the mansion. I wouldn't call this guy a rookie. No. 
Hey, so asshole. <laughs> this also brings up the argument of like, what kind of time traveler are we dealing with here? Because it's obviously not closed loop because if it was closed loop, future Wolverine would know who Bishop was, right? right? So it's clearly Bishop's going back and creating a new timeline. Oh my God. With his actions because this Wolverine doesn't recognize. Back obviously to the future this Wolverine rules. doesn't recognize him, but the future one doesn't. So yeah, yeah it is back to the future. Back rules. to the future rules. Oh, We're creating the Biff universe now. Yes. <laughs> you notice yeah. that all the X-Men get really fucked up when Bishop shows like this is a good test for them. Yeah. They're not ready. No. no. Cyclops gets Mm-mm. beasted. Everyone gets fucked up. It's all of his future tech. And it's almost like, which which mutant is not there to help them? Oh, no. Huh. huh. Like, if someone was there with a deck of cards, it's Morph. almost like this. Morph, right? He's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. Morph was there, he would just. Apprehend this. <laughs> <laughs> the two best mutants are not there. I'm just well, what saying. could they be doing? Maybe we'll find out later. I don't know. Yeah. Well, kissing. <laughs> Well, thankfully, yeah. they grab, they get Bishop, they strap him into a chair in their little ex-war room, and uh, they start interrogating him. Also, really quickly, Cyclops and uh, Bishop blast beams at each other, and they cancel. Oh, that so was he, so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cyclops, like, sniped the beam out, or I don't know who did what. I feel like Cyclops shot first. Yeah. And then Bishop canceled it out. Yeah. Good shot. And at one point, Bishop can sh- split his shot and hit two people at once. Yeah. yeah. Hell of a shotgun. Well, he can, yeah, he can shoot because he's channeling his the energy that he's absorbing through this well, gun. His time energy. I want to ask you that. Is okay. that true in this case? Because I watched Days of Future Past the movie just because I was so excited about this, mm-hmm. this episode. And in that, he has like a wire connected to his gun so that when he's powered up, it go, he sh- literally shoots his right. gun that yeah. way. In this, it feels different because they keep saying it's a futuristic gun yeah. that's powerful on its own. It's probably separate in this. Yeah, because they're at one point like analyzing what looks like a like a round, like a shell or yes. something. Yeah, yeah. You, could like, hey, also, really powerful. you could argue, though, that he it's so advanced that he can also channel his powers right, through it. Right. But, yeah, I hear it's you. It's like his special shot in a video game, like you yeah. R2. And yeah, that's when you do your nerd stuff. So yeah. Xavier... Gets Wolverine to not kill Bishop. They put him in the chair. Cyclops and Gene see that his weapon is unbelievably powerful. Okay, this thing is this thing is a blaster. We we just talked about that. Okay, it's probably from the future. She can't figure out how to cross patch it. Right, but they're still not convinced. We gotta that figure he's from out if this future. guy's telling the truth. So let's strap Xavier yep. into good old Cerebro and scan that fucker's mind. Absolutely. So they start. They hook. They hook his old brain up to the TV. Yeah. The old LCD. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they know t- they could do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they take a look into the past, and they're seeing this. Or, I'm sorry. They take I like a look into the I like to think they future. figured out how to do this after they unsuccessfully were trying to scan Sabretooth's mind <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they worked on that tech a bit. And... and they're seeing the apocalypse. They're seeing so much shit going yeah, down. Yeah, there's an image of uh, uh, Senator Kelly in front of this sign that says, do you know what your children are? As opposed to the famous 80s slogan, do you know where your children Whoa. are? The stranger right, danger. Right, right. Thing. You but, see, yeah, the Sentinels, they rip the, like, roof off of the White House, which I was going to talk about this in in the very brief recap. White House looks like shit. <laughs> White House looks like an absolute dump. <laughs> they, like, oh, yeah. The walls are dirty. There's cracks. Like, she's got a workout machine in the Oval Office. I'm just like, <laughs> what is going on? Not looking good. No. No, but she's actually more sympathetic to the mutants than just about anyone else in the show, though. Yeah, kudos to America for putting a woman in the in the White House. Yep, and um, she was also, like, against the Mutant Registration Act and stuff like that. I mean, she initially was going to pass it, but then decided not to after the whole debacle with the Sentinels in the first episode, but that's a whole other thing. Whoever was president before her probably just, like, trashed the place on, oh, yeah. on her way out. Like, <laughs> it, yeah. it looks bleak, but there is a silver lining. At least I don't lose my hair. <laughs> so, burn on Professor Hex. Always with a joke. We have that to look forward to. But I love that Xavier's like, I can't believe we failed. And it's like, dude, 
you've you been doing nothing but failing the entire season. Like all <laughs> the the closest thing to success the X Men have had was like destroying the mutant files from the mutant registration uh, building, the mutant control center. Uh, in the very first episode, and ever since then, all they've done is just barely avert disaster. Yeah. Or just flat out lose. Like, the right. bad guys win, or they cause a lot of destruction, or then they just, like, the X-Men kind of beat them up a bit, and then they just get away. Like, they always let the bad guys get away. Yeah. Well, I mean, it allows them to come back and, you know, further conflict and all that, but I was so surprised that, like, Xavier's telling them all this. I'm reading this guy's mind, and yeah. they're still just like, I don't buy it. I don't, know, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Xavier... Even Cyclops is like, it's a trap. Like... <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a faker. I can sense his feelings. They seem genuine. And then Wolverine does his weird smile. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay. She's touching my shoulder. <laughs> I do think it goes to show, though, like how much trust the Xavier's lost in yeah. his team. Like, they yeah. don't, they're kind of like, okay, dude, you you abandoned us for like a few episodes of this season, and you haven't been really helpful. You've been kind yeah. of doing the wrong thing this entire time. Xavier yeah. and Jean are like, no, 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 we have mind powers. Like, it's legit. And then Cyclops and Wolverine are like, tell to the judge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Cyclops thinks he's a faker too. Yeah. And does. the second Cyclops pipes in and says that, I'm like, oh shit, they should they should not listen to Cyclops. He's wrong about everything. Yeah. <laughs> but what or is he? Because he's disagreeing with Xavier, so you know it's bad. Oh, that's true. That's rare. Yeah. He's a little butt boy for Xavier, Rob. Yeah, well, uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, uh, so Bishop, uh, he, he's got some sort of ground to stand on at this point. He's got some people on his right. side and he lets them know that someone else has just come through the time portal and Jubilee says, check please. Nope. Time portal. <laughs> Yeah, remember started, that his part. transponder starts beeping away. And and Wolverine delivers probably the best burn in the episodes. What's the matter? Somebody in the future stealing your car? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Legitimately oh, so good. good burn for Wolverine. On Wolverine's got a lot of good burns in this one. Yeah. But then Professor X, uh, exemplifying that Cyclops is a uh, little rule follower, it's like, Cyclops, let out Bishop. Uh, release him from his machine. He's like standing next to the. It's your job to, to help him. him piece together his mission now. Professor like X that. could reach over and just hit a button and release no, Bishop. No, no. He's like, Cyclops, do it for me and fetch me a coffee. Uh, so they go to investigate this portal. Yeah, yeah, because Bishop's going to go do it and Xavier's like, you guys got to keep tabs on him. Yeah, Cyclops is holding the shotgun in not a good way. Yeah. Oh my God. If we could. Rob is displaying it right now. Yes. He's holding the shotgun like a pistol. Just in front uh. of him, both arms out. <laughs> Um, just straight ahead. And as we mentioned earlier, he can see the trace of a time portal through the scope of the of the shotgun. Um and Wolverine was like Wolverine was like, Oh yeah, I, I did I thought I sensed a shift in planetary alignment. Like you, you know what he what? smelled? Well yep. yeah, I do know what he smelled. He smelled the Ozone. So Rob, case of ozone. uh we figured out a part of the lore of Wolverine is that he smells ozone. Oh, okay. He smells shifts in the ozone, different... Well, he's know. got a heightened sense of smell. Yeah. He, he, he can smell lasers. He can smell lasers wow. because he lasers emit ozone, so lasers. he can smell it. Yeah. That's, pretty, that's pretty handy. Do you yeah. like Wolverine now? <laughs> no. <laughs> it seems like he's, okay, okay. he's like one step away from being like into astrology, I feel like. With just like, I can feel the planetary shift. <laughs> Mars has moved into the seventh house. And everyone's like, what? Okay. <laughs> But guess who comes out? Metal Moon Knight. <laughs> Metal Moon Knight? <laughs> Somebody invited Nimrod. Nimrod. Our boy. It's Nimrod. <laughs> Nimrod. So somehow Nimrod must have killed, I mean, we're left to assume he must have killed Forge and Wolverine and gotten to the time machine himself. Right. 
Yeah, do we think he do we think he like jumped in at the same time and there was some kind of delay? I think there was just a fight and maybe he knocked out Forge because I mean, spoiler alert at the end of the episode, Forge is still alive. Um yeah. but it's I guess he probably defeated Wolverine, knocked out Forge and jumped in the time portal and came back here too. Probably yeah. told, yeah, just destroy the door behind me. Yeah. So yeah. Nimrod's fighting they're they get in a big fight. He's tough. He's real tough. He knocks Storm under some rubble again. Cyclops. Help! Storm's claustrophobic. He's mm-hmm. scared. What, what a great... <laughs> <laughs> Help, she's I lo- claustrophobic? I love this for Rob. Because it's it's so we've been dealing with this all season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In almost every major Storm episode, there's a moment where she gets stuck in rubble or stuck in a claustrophobic space and starts to freak out. And it's like their way of being like, okay, look, we know she's like a god that she can control right. the weather and like create lightning and storms and floods. So let's just make her super claustrophobic. I mean, it's in the right. comics too, but like they lean on it a lot in the show to weaken her. Yeah, especially since she just got buried in like uh, underneath a brick wall. Yeah. It's like, that's not the, I, that would not be yeah. like, it'd be like if I'm getting ripped apart by wolves yeah. and you guys are like, help him, he's got a dog allergy. <laughs> like it's not the, uh, it's he not needs a change of clothes. Problem. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you would help anybody in that situation and just like, ah, no, Wolverine's no, no, no. fine under that rubble. <laughs> They're cool. just worried about her mental health. But God, yeah, you know what? He's just making mincemeat of the X-Men at this point. I mean, he's blasting Gene. He's just blasting None all None of their them. weapons are working yeah, on Yeah, nothing's him. working against Storm electrocutes him and nothing happens. He's like, didn't feel <laughs> it. Nimrod. That then what does Storm use? Hail. She sleet sleets on him. She sleet sleets him <laughs> and freezes him. And then in a really awesome, violent scene, yep. they just start blasting his limbs off like, like all together all at once yeah. like demolition man yeah while he's frozen and they tear him apart but bishop's quick to be like yeah okay wait hold up we only have like a few seconds so we gotta do and then he shoots nimrod in the head because he like, starts regenerating double tap his, his cells and his exactly. wires not, start finding you guys are capturing in real time how much it blew my fucking mind the turns that happened so quickly <laughs> i'm like oh shit they're gonna blow up nimrod in this episode and they piece by piece shoot his limbs yeah, off. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. crazy. And then I'm like, oh shit, he's restructuring in front of them. And then I'm like, oh shit, he sends him ripping back through time by blowing up his transceiver thing. That's all three great And then turns. immediately Storm goes, I believe him now. <laughs> great. And Wolverine's like, great. Great. Cool. We're all in agreement. I mean, we all saw the giant futuristic robot, right? Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but I, I, one, one other thing about the claustrophobia part. At one point, like when Cyclops explains it to Bishop, Bishop says something along the lines of like he can sense it. Is Nimrod able to like sense people's fears and capitalize on that? Yeah. So Nimrod, he's constantly analyzing people and stuff, mm. and so he can like and to like the down to like your micro like uh, expressions and stuff. So like, oh, okay. he can sense like things that you're afraid of or things that weaken you. Or and also, I think he probably just has it on file from like the future of like, oh yeah, Storm, she was afraid of. Or she was claustrophobic. I remember killing her. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, in, in the comic, when they first encounter Nimrod in the past, Rogue actually has to... Um, she takes Nightcrawler, Colossus, and um, a couple other people's powers to, all into herself in order to defeat him by herself, where she, like, grabs his, like, limbs and starts teleporting them, like, away from his oh, body. Shit. And then he's just like, oh, wow, I was not anticipating this to happen because I've never encountered anything like this before. Uh, I'm going to dip. And then he, like, teleports away and goes back to hanging out this apartment of this guy that he's been living with, which is true. That's in the comic. It's just like, could you imagine you're the guy, like, and your roommate just comes in, all of his arms missing. His Nimrod. <laughs> you get well, the reason he becomes that guy's roommate is because when he first teleports back to the past, 
um, this guy's about to get killed like in a mugging and he mm-hmm. like kills the mugger and the guy's like, oh, thanks. And he's like, hi, I'm Nimrod and I need to crash. <laughs> like, hey, Nimrod, I can tell you had kind of a tough day, but I just wanted to bring up, it looks like you ate my leftovers, which clearly had my name on it in the fridge. <laughs> and that's not cool, man. I told you, call me Nimmy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he like actually forms like a real friendship with this guy and he's like wow. protective over him and he's like, nah, he's cool. Like, I'm not going to mess with him because he's like helping me out. <laughs> we get to the close of the episode, right? And, and everybody's reconvened. We've, we've answered a bunch of questions, but there's one thing we don't know. We know there's an assassination. We don't know who gets assassinated. Nope. And we don't know who did the assassinating. Nope. I know. All these questions remain unanswered. And I like that all the X-Men 2 are just like, I don't know, on a bad day, I could kill somebody. Yeah, they're I all mean, talking about how they could do it. And then Scott's like, Gene could never do this. And she's like, no, I've had dark days. And no, like, you haven't, Gene. You're a good girl. <laughs> no, Gene. Gene, do you precious- mean your menstruation? <laughs> so she's like, Cyclops, shut the fuck up. I'm one stub toe away from murder right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and guess who walks in the room? Everyone can relax. Gambit has returned. And Woo! Bishop shits his pants. This right episode there the can relax because it was about to get a zero. Yeah. So Gambit walked in. The so, Rob, we rate every episode at the end. And uh, John will give any episode that doesn't have Gambit a zero. <laughs> But he was in prison too, though. He had oh, yeah, that yeah. is true. That is true. He was in the prison. So it, maybe you would have given this one a one. Look, I'm I'm lenient though. If he's in the previously on, that counts. That yeah, is, that's, that's a point. There's yeah. loopholes. As long yeah. as the show references that Gambit is still a character. Yeah. So Bishop realizes in this moment he's like, "Oh, you're the guy," and Gambit is shocked. And now we're at the credits. Done. Episode over. What a cliffhanger! Whoa. Bishop goes for his gun, fires, and we're out. So you're talking about Beast jumping to conclusions about Gambit, right? What were your thoughts when you heard that Gambit's the killer? Uh, well, they, I kind of feel like they've been slowly setting him up the past couple episodes as a guy that can't fully be trusted. And he's on the, the outskirts line, of the yeah. team, and yeah. Even when, even on Slave Island, when he, you know, goes behind everyone's back, he has a plan. But at the end, Jubilee's like, "Well, now I'm glad we can trust you." And he's like, eh, "Don't." Say that yet? You don't know me too well. Yeah, because he's constantly also the one who's like, "Yeah, you can't trust me. You might think you can, but you yeah. can't." It's but like, you're not making yourself a case here. But no. deep in my bones, I know he. I know he's a good guy. I know he couldn't do it. Rob, how did you feel? I didn't think he was going to be the one. I, I just, I, I, I mean, I've. I hadn't seen these episodes before, but I was pretty sure that something was going to work out because he doesn't. He's too like jolly in a way. Like he's he's got a, this like past, but he never strikes me as like a yeah. a cold blooded murderer. Guys, part one is over. It's coming to an end. But guess what? Part two is coming right up. Bye bye. Hey, we're back. It's Andrew. It's Andrew. Johnny boy. It's Rob. And we're playing a song that no one's heard in their entire lives. But she's, who says you can't go home? Beast uh, is reading you can't go home. <laughs> he is reading that. Oh, that's general. right. Wait. Oh. Dude, we got okay. a double whammy that's here. That's smart. That's a good Look drop. Look at that. I, go, uh, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Speaking of bad accents... <laughs> when we start this episode, we meet Rogue and Gambit joyriding. 
yeah, we're like, huh, this is a weird place to start after seeing Bishop want to kill Gambit immediately. This is some Vince Gilligan Breaking Bad shit. It's like, oh, I know you want to know what happened at the end of the last episode. You want to know how Gambit's the assassin. I don't give a shit. We're going to go 15 minutes earlier and show Rogue and Gambit in the car driving together. It's awesome. I yeah. love it. <laughs> no, it's great. I, well, I I was very confused the first time I watched it because I was like, oh, this is... I guess we're going to get a flashback that tells us how they got out of that jam. And it's yeah. like, oh, no, we are in the flashback, and we're catching up to the present. Right. Getting yeah. it from their perspective, which is really cool. And how did they get to the X-Mansion? And Gambit's still trying to get that kiss. He's still <laughs> putting in the work. Constantly. Yep. He's really He really wants to get his soul sucked out of his freaking body. Yep. And Rogue is just pedal to the metal. It's 40 miles per hour. Take her license away. Yeah, he does not ASAP. like her driving, that's for sure. <laughs> she likes her, but not her driving. She's indestructible. He is not. He does have armor, but he Got does armor. not have indestructible. <laughs> so I would be a little scared. Well, she does say that she learned to drive from good old boys on the backcountry roads, which is just Ugh. slang for a bunch of racist ticks. Yeah. <laughs> the Duke's a hazard. Yeah, with their Confederate flag on top of the car. <laughs> she In a, an episode or two ago, she makes a... Uh, reference to General Lee. Yeah. Yeah, that, she's that got all fits. Some, yeah, she's from Mississippi. <laughs> that all fits. Yep. Yep. But yeah. she's sick of his one-liner. She's sick of his flirtation. She's sick that every, literally every line he says to her is just him trying to get in her pants. It's a little exhausting. Yeah, mm-hmm. what does he say? Like, oh, I could teach you a thing or two or something yeah, like that if yeah. you're willing. And he's like, I could show you what I do with my hands and like, stuff like, like that. She's and like, like, okay, just park the car. She's he's like, like, just get out. I okay. parked the car. I parked the car. It's a great, great and, line. And, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. I got to defend Gamut a little bit here, you motherfucker. Well, do it. Be careful. She says, oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's a <laughs> but she says, "Man, you like to listen to yourself talk a lot." And he goes, "Only when I'm talking about you, Shaq." Oh, it oh. is it smooth. Is a sweet. That's, That's smooth. She kind of rolls her eyes, but it is a sweet. You can gesture. harass women as long as it's smooth. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like, you know that she she does like him. Otherwise, she wouldn't yeah. be yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There is it, but she's like, you just got to pump the brakes, dude. Like, don't try so hard. Her yeah. annoy her annoyance is also like, she's like, dude, I'm gonna hurt you yeah. if you ki- like. We can't. Do like, this. I don't care. I yeah. don't care. Like, yeah. It's sad. She's got some walls up. Man's he sees willing. a mountain and he wants to climb it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Rogue enters the war room. Okay. And where are we? Oh, my God. We're back at the end of the part one. We realize what's going on now. We were just catching up with our with Rogue and Gambit before they get into the room. And then Gambit walks in. And what does Bishop say? He's the assassin. Oh, my God. Bishop freaks out and immediately shoots at him. And Rogue... For the future. ...blocks the shot. Wow. She cares. She does. Yeah. Yeah. She likes Gambit a lot. She doesn't want to, like, have to be the guy that, you know, the the, the woman that has to bury that body out in the backyard. No. (laughs) There's a lot of bodies in the back of (laughs) X-Mansion. The the X-Men are quick to react. Gene levitates the gun away from him. Yeah, they all immediately turn on Bishop, which is great. It's a great show of solidarity from the team. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, we hate Gambit too, but like, you can't just kill him. Yeah. yeah. Jubilee blasts him with her sparkles, and Bishop's still freaking out. He calls the X-Men stupid yeah. in front of them. <laughs> your stupid friends save your no, stupid she sa- Jubilee life. says, uh, Gambit's one of us, you tattooed freak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And it's like, he wasn't, I mean, he was given that tattoo, know, like, not kind of, against his will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. I mean, she doesn't know that, though. Wow, Jubilee. But then Gambit's wow. like, oh, did somebody say assassin? And he's very, like, because if, for those who know, Gambit is 
part of this thieves guild in New Orleans from back home, and there's a rival guild called the Assassins Guild, mm. and they're basically just families that are warring families, Romeo and Juliet style, fighting for control of New Orleans. One of them believes that they can kill to get their way. The other one just wants to steal stuff. I'll drink poison with you anytime. <laughs> but yeah, Gambit and Bishop, they're they're about to go at each other. They hold Bishop back, and yeah. then he starts to give a little recap. Yep. It starts with a single death in Washington, D.C. The assassin is Gambit, but all mutants get blamed. Oh I wonder how God. much, how many royalties James Horner got for you, the do, use of that do. Terminator story. Yeah, zero point yeah. zero. <laughs> yeah, Bishop says everyone's going to be enslaved because of Gambit, and Rogue's mm-hmm. like, General Lee says everyone getting oh, enslaved no. is great. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, is this where where Wolverine <laughs> is this where Wolverine says "time out, rookie" and then uh, Bishop delivers a line more like "times up" Whoa. for all of you. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh you're, on, you're sitting on that one. Yeah, gotcha. I've been thinking about that since I got here. <laughs> but from there, yeah, we kind of see the like we see how it actually like all went down. We see the giant. Yeah. Sentinel with the Easy Bake Oven in his chest. One thing you do That's see Master is... Mold. Okay, my oh, bad. Yeah. His name is Master Mold. We met him in Genosha on Slave Island. He sits gotcha. in a chair and pumps out Sentinels. From his belly. It's a living. He's also tr- <laughs> He tries to make an escape when the factory's blowing up, and he realizes he's plugged in. He's still plugged he's in, sta- so he can't He leave. stands up and starts to walk, and then his he looks down and he goes, I'm still plugged in. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the water comes great. rushing in and just kills him. Or maybe it doesn't. I guess according to this future, that wasn't enough. That I mean, didn't they, happen. But like they probably just remake him. Oh, yeah. It's so they funny. They're, they like, had the they're like, we did it. We beat the Sentinels. I'm like, yeah, they did it once. Yeah. I mean, they wasted a lot of capital doing it, true, I guess. True, true. You know. But yeah, in this flashback, you do see Cyclops fighting side by side with mm-hmm. a mutant that we've never seen before, which is actually Alex Summers, his brother, oh. a.k.a. Havoc. Havoc. Oh. He shoots um, similar blasts from his body as opposed to Cyclops, who just shoots them from his eyes. It's anywhere in his body, and he prefers his chest? Why is that? Basically, I mean, it's just, you know, you're pointing in one direction. I mean, it's mostly from, like, his chest, yeah, but it's like... he. Summons it around his body and just shoots it out. It's in the quick. first class movies, he does little he does little hip wiggles. Yeah, that's kind of pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, the hip wiggles. He's <laughs> limber. That's not really what it is. <laughs> the Sentinels seem to be causing as much damage as the mutants in these attacks. If mm-hmm. I'm being completely honest, yeah. they're crashing through buildings. Oh yeah, it's a lot. But the difference is that nothing can stop them. Ah, yeah. and that's why they get away with it. <laughs> Shout out to our Morlocks. We see them getting captured as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shout so out the, to them getting captured. So the Sentinels, yeah. <laughs> first they just started rounding up mutants. Then it became all humans and they just took over the entire country and um that's it that's how the world ended yeah but i mean listen they are mutant killing nazis but they give them headstones and bury them close to their friends and loved ones yeah and they bury them with their mutant code name not their like birth name so that's there's something there is something to that something we could learn from these you never leave Never. <laughs> yeah, Bishop tells Gambit he's hated him his entire life, which seems that. to be a very intense thing to say to someone you didn't even know was the assassin a few minutes I've prior. I've hated you all my life. Jesus. So I guess, like, in that future, yeah. they all do know that Gambit was the assassin. He just forgot so. that when he came back. Yeah. He's just hated everywhere. He's the Hitler of the future. <laughs> Gambit? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. He screwed everything up. He got us into this he mess. He brought the apocalypse on. I feel like we can't say apocalypse now because he exists as a character. It's so weird. It's like Armageddon. 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 Okay, sure. cool. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, then Bishop gets into the temporal armband and how that works, and he's like, hey, if you guys, hopefully none of you want to rip this thing off me, because that'll send me right back. That would be bad. It's like, why would you tell them that? And he shows his big, like, Popeye arms. His forearms are huge. Massive. 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 Yeah. That needed a special uh, fitting for just for him. No, Forge just slapped that on. If anyone else puts it on, it just, like, falls off immediately. It's just like a snap bracelet. He just, yeah. like, <laughs> whacks it right on his arm and just connects. So they're trying to figure out, they're like, okay, Gambit did it, but who is he going after? And Xavier jumps in <laughs> and is like, well, I'm speaking at a summit. Maybe it's me. Such like, a selfish maybe, asshole. Maybe it's he's going to go yeah, speak right? to the uh, House Committee on Mutant Affairs uh, and, I guess, make a plea for them not to pass the Mutant Registration Act or the Mutant Control Act. I'm the most important. I mutant. know. Like, granted, okay, I guess it makes sense, but he's just like, Maybe you killed me. He's like, just like immediately egomaniac. Why would yeah. that happen? You're I in the same know. room right now. He's so weird. Xavier's a weird guy. Yeah. I have a theory, Rob, that Xavier's gaslighting everyone the entire season. Like he's kind of a manipulative fuck. I can oh, see I, that. I buy that. And Wolverine jumps right on the Gambit hate train too, and he's yeah, like, a little oh, too yeah, fast. Probably is Gambit. He probably did that shit. Yeah, yeah. And then he also points out that like, oh, we barely know anything more about Gambit than Bishop. Like maybe we should trust our new guy more than our, than our old guy. Yeah. I saw his memories on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Gambit uh, then says this in the most thick accent he's ever had. You don't take this poser serious. What we know about him? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because I was like, certainly this is not Cajun, right? Let me let me Google and find out what the actual Cajun for It poser sounds like is. someone's doing a French accent. Like poser. a bad... He's like, certainly you don't... <laughs> would you like to hear the pronunciation of poser in Cajun? Yeah. I would. Posey. Pussy? <laughs> pussy. What? Pussy. It's, it's pussy. pretty clear, right? Yeah. Pussy. <laughs> Pusser is a very American oh way God. of saying yeah. that pronunciation. Because French, they always leave off the ends of their words. Yeah. Pussy. Pussy. <laughs> pussy. Yeah. But Storm also reveals here that she's like, well, don't worry, Gambit. I know you better than anyone. Which is like, what? Yeah. At I, what point does Storm ever that. and Gambit's relationship have ever been developed in any way so far? And again, just to remind you all, one bad day, and I would kill all of you. Yeah, you know? we all have a dark side. We could all just kill everyone. Time for me to out Andrew, oh out God. comic Andrew for the second time. Care Whoa. Please be careful. Storm is the one who found Gambit in the comics and brought him into the X-Men. Wow. Oh. Yes. Where? In New Orleans? I don't know. Is she That's on vacation? <laughs> Gambit's actually the one who found Storm. She was depowered. Oh. Don't you actually me? And, he's, well, and actually. he saved her, and she brought him to the X Mansion. Yeah, being like, "Hey, we could show you a better, a better life here." You so. left out a key moment that I love. I actually own that comic. I don't think so. But. Uh, Storm says she knows Gambit better than anyone. They linger for a second, and Rogue turns to her like, "Oh my god, Bitch. yeah." She gives her a look like, "What, what, what is that?" No, mean? Storm turns to Rogue. Oh yeah, yeah. Can it's excuse like, excuse me. She, Storm, Storm is like. I know him better than anyone, and just like stares at Rogue, yeah, like, like an attack. You hear that? You but hear like that, why? Rogue? But all I mean, I, canon, they are they both bang. thieves. Like Storm grew up as a thief in Cairo. Gambit grew up as a thief in New Orleans. Like they have that kind of common. They're both like, claustrophobic. Both, they're both claustrophobic. Right. They're both raised. <laughs> they're raised by the streets. All right, they're street smart. Sure. It's yeah, Gambit just gets all wound up over in Rogue's room, and then heads over to see what Storm's up to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know him pretty well. But yeah, <laughs> nobody seems to fully trust Gambit. And you know what they say? Nobody trusts Gambit. Gambit don't need nobody. That is a classic Gambit quote. <laughs> he just dips. <laughs> he just walks out of there. He's like, fine. Screw you guys. I'm out. All right. So here's where it gets pretty tough for me to defend my boy Gambit. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. 
this hurts. It's fine. It's, Everyone makes mistakes. It's akin to the grave mistake that Star-Lord makes in the MCU. It's like you know going to DC yeah. that you perhaps might be implicated for assassinating whoever the assassin like target is. in a different state. Gambit goes to the X-Hanger and is like, I'm going to fly to DC and stop this assassin, whoever he is. Good intentions, dumb idea, Gambit. Bad execution. Yeah, the only way you could stop this assassination that everyone thinks you did is just not being there. Or at least imp- not implicating yourself. It's he needs an alibi. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Thankfully, the X-Men are there to be like, Gambit, that's a really dumb idea. Maybe hey, man, sorry about that, but uh, not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they have Bishop and uh, Wolverine, basically. Or, sorry, they, they keep Bishop and Gambit back because they're the two people who seem to be the most likely to kill someone, <laughs> uh, given the information <laughs> they know. And they have Wolverine, the biggest killer among them, babysitting. <laughs> Like, we'll play poker. And the rest of the X-Men are like, we're going to go to DC and have a little vacay uh, and scope things out and just sort of make sure everything's all good. Hugh Henry's favorite shit, X-Jet getting loaded up with shit. Yeah, really cool. Quick montage, quick snap, bang, we're in DC, and the X-Men are uh, just keeping an eye out for any unusual activity. Just peeping around, but then we're back in the Rex room. (laughs) The Rex room? That's what I call I'm the looking Rex at room. the notes here, and John wrote R E R. Sorry, W R E, and then capital X room. <laughs> <laughs> and I like it. Oh yeah, there, yeah. Rex room. It might be foreshadowing for what happens in this room shortly. Oh. Yeah, so they're playing some poker, and Bishop. Uh, He's he's still on the whole assassin thing. He does not like Gambit, nope. as he said. I've hated you my entire life. Gambit flips the hell out and throws a charge card at him. He 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 powers it up. He chucks it right at his face. But Bishop, uh-oh, we get a little sneak peek into his powers. I can absorb your bioenergy oh. and channel it right back. Nice. I think he's getting ready to rage you. That's my mutant power. How would you like to try absorbing these? Ooh. Now sit down, both of you. Or cards won't be the only thing that gets cut around here. Oh, oh my God. Think he's going to cut a sandwich, maybe? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Cut some sandwiches. Yeah. Oh. Back in Washington, D.C., like the X-Men are just kind of hanging around, looking, scoping things out, seeing, you know, if there's anything amiss. And Xavier is speaking to Senator Kelly and Congress at the um, subcommittee for mutant affairs. Yep. Jubilee taking a nap as... You would. As one does. Rogue. <laughs> thankfully, she's got Rogue, the most powerful among them with her. So yeah. that in case she, that now that she's taken a snooze, Rogue can actually look out I'll for I'll just her. nod off for a bit. And then we pan on over to a, a hotel, a building. We're like, huh, what are we going to see here? A man walks out to the window and we hear, Nice sunrise. <laughs> uh, Who's this big boy? Okay. Oh, wait, we saw him in Genosha on Slave Island. Never got introduced, but we knew he was a big, big boy. Yep, it's, it's Blob. Boy. Big now Blobby boy. The Blob himself. After his third beer of the morning, yep. you know, feeling good, feeling yeah. great. Feeling great. It's a beautiful day for an assassination. Can yes. you imagine sharing a hotel room with the Blob, Pyro, and Avalanche? Oh, it oh would God. stink in there. It would be, be awful. Disgusting, annoying. Everybody's talking, doing one-liners, but not good ones, you know? Andrew, can you tell us a little bit about the Blob? What's this guy do? What hit, What is his deal? He basically can absorb any sort of physical attack and repel it, and it doesn't really affect him, and he can absorb things into his belly. He's just a, he's a 
big blob, you know? He's, and he's very strong, too. So, uh, like, later in the episode, we'll see Rogue punch him. He'll abs- literally absorbs her punch yeah. and uses his fat muscles. That freaked his fat me out. Blobbiness to <laughs> the throw her that really scared me into the air, and that's his whole deal. Basically, he can. He's just very strong and very uh, hard to punch. They're in the hotel room. They're shooting the shit, and then a shadowy woman's voice warns them, huh? "You better not fail, boys." Back Man. in the Rex room, <laughs> they're watching TV. A Senate subcommittee of mutant affairs. Is about to meet on DC. They're watching on the old television as they continue to play their poker. However, Gambit, he's a little sneak. We know he's a little thiefy, little sneaky, sneaky guy. guy. He puts a charge card under the TV and says, bye bye, blows it up and escapes. And they're like, oh shit. Just look what he did to the VCR. Look. <laughs> Damn, I should have had that ready. Yeah, you go. Are you kidding? Look what she did to the VCR just by touching it. <laughs> <laughs> Gambit steals a second jet. His Didn't know there was a second jet. It, well, it's a little Naboo jet. That's a good way to put it. I think the, that's your N1 Naboo fighter. Star fighter. Yeah. It, uh, with, uh, it's got huge wheels. With wheels. <laughs> yeah. You could drive it around. You could fly it. I mean, it's basically, I'm sure they took that from the action figure toy line and just made oh, it into the show, right? Shit, that's a good point. I loved it personally. Or the other way around. They're like, we got to come up with some stuff for some toys. So, yeah. The, the Blackbird and the Canary. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I, I see it. But, like, is it, is it just me or Xavier straight up lying to Congress while this is going on? Oh, yeah. They ask him, like, have you ever associated with any, like, rogue mutants? And he's like, no. Yeah, like, no, no. Magneto, even Rogue, like, has, like, I, I don't know if he knows about Rogue's, like, kind of sketchy history at this point, but he would know. Yeah, I used to hang out with Magneto, like, all the time. Yeah. Or, or more specifically to this story, I, technically Gambit. Yeah. Yeah. I think literally one is under your employee yeah. right now, and you no one on your team even trusts him. I mean, not that they would know that, but yeah. guys, guys, focus on me. I'm the most famous mutant. <laughs> <laughs> this is why nobody trusts Xavier. Yes. He's perjuring himself in front of Congress. We need harmony. There are no bad mutants. To like, be fair, no, dude. He's, he's kind of thrown off right now because there's such a big outcry outside. It's like this this huge chant. Humans, yes. Mutants, no. Humans, yes. A powerful protest. You know that they spent so much time like coming up with this like or something that's gonna rhyme, but also have like such an amazing like resonance. Like with you'll the, remember it always. Yeah, you know? and it, it like I think they really killed it right there. Really complicated kind of humans. Yes, detailed mutants. They nailed that no. one. No. First draft, right? Yeah, yeah Cyclops was, is in his casual clothing. Like I you're, love. You're, Cyclops' casual clothing. You're like, you're doing great, Professor. Oh, he's got great style. Him and Gene are there rooting him on. It's really just the sunglasses. They're like these cool... The red shades. ...kind of aviators. Mm. I, I love them. Yeah. I really love them. Senator <laughs> Kelly here reminds me a lot of, like, Ron DeSantis with, like, the anti-woke stuff, because he keeps being like, oh, like, are you pushing pro-mutant propaganda in that school of yours? And it's like, I mean, they're all mutants there, so, like... Professor yeah. X is one. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like, in Senator Kelly's... Defense, which sounds terrible as I said it. Um, Professor X is just, he's, he's one note. You pull his little string and he says the same fucking thing. Mutants. They need to live peacefully. Yeah, what like, if we're peaceful? And then Senator Kelly's like, fuck off. He just interrupts him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you see me? I'm wearing a trench coat at all times. It's okay? hard. It's like, it's also getting hard to just say that over and over yeah, again. Yeah, when, not, make a point. Like when you turn on the TV and you see just massive fights in the street between like, 
you know, juggernaut and like an army. Yeah, you see the juggernaut literally pick up a yeah. building and crush another mutant with it a few episodes back. Just to knock Jubilee. Just a off single it. bead yeah. of sweat going yeah. down Xavier says, We need to live in peace. Uh, <laughs> mutants need to well, we can do it, guys. Everything's fine. It's fine. This is fine. It's fine. We have it under control. Situation normal. We're fine. Uh guess who busts in? Who? Avalanche. Oh my god. Empyro. Those little waves of going through the air, blasting into books. And they are storming the capital. Pyro's got cool, like, <laughs> gun cocking sound when his... Why? Like, yeah, yeah. I brought this up last <laughs> episode. Why does he have that? <laughs> no, Pyro's flames do the same thing. It's weird. Pyro later shoots upward and goes... Okay, well, Pyro's flames do way more in this episode yeah. than they did in the apocalypse. Yeah, they're busting up the capital, and uh, Xavier yeah, summons... swaps out his shades for his uh, visor, and he starts blasting, trying to You know it's him. on. Yeah, it's yeah. on at the capital. Rogue and Jubilee are doing a terrible job of keeping watch. Xavier sends out his psychic, being like, hey, guys, uh, it's going down. We really <laughs> need some help. Yeah, Jubilee. Rogue just leaves Jubilee under the tree, just like, ah, you're fine. She probably is, though. She's probably safer there, because the thing, I don't know why they bring Jubilee. It doesn't make any sense for any of she's these had, missions so far. She's she had clutch moments in like sh- in like very <sighs> close quarters, but like but where it actually counts. <laughs> yeah, she. It's situations she never should have been no, in, in the first place. No, but think about it. If she was back at the Rex room, she would be standing right next to the TV, like great graphics, and get blown up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking they just don't want to leave her around Gambit. Like yeah. this guy <laughs> is just too creepy. <laughs> we got to get this young girl away from the cage. Well, yeah. no, if she was left alone with Gambit and Bishop, she would have lost them in one minute. Like oh, they just would have been like, okay, we'll ditch her and just. <laughs> I'm out of here. She's like ten. I do like the to go back real quickly. I kind of like the, like Wolverine and Bishop's. Um, their vibe, their 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 rapport is very kind of Riggs and Murtai from like mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon. They kind of have yes. like a, I'm too old for this shit. Oh, I don't trust you. I don't like you. But we got to work together. We got to go stop Gambit. You know, like yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, no, it's a definitely a good dynamic. Gene and Cyclops, they're after the boys. Yeah, they Pyro are and Avalanche are out of there. Yeah, they're running away from the capital to lure the X Men away from it. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And it, then and it works because the X Men give chase. And then guess who they run into? The Blob. Whoa! And this is where we get the full effect of his powers on display as yes. Rogue tries to punch into his belly and he just grabs her with his fatty, lardy little chunks and throws her up into the air. But Storm catches her before she crashes into the Washington Monument. You can oh, try yeah. to gloss over Cyclops taking a major L and running face first in the Blob. <sighs> I thought I'd get away but, with it. Damn. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it. it. I, I remembered it and I was like, I'm going to skip that. He <laughs> runs face first into the Blob and just falls on his ass. That's true. That's how we meet him. Ugh. Tough look. I uh, think the creators hate Cyclops. You guys are going bending over backwards to, to love Cyclops when even the people making the show hate him. Listen, I accept that he's annoying and like a Boy Scout, but I still like him. Is he a Boy Scout? Because he wears sunglasses inside. Whoa. So, kind of a cool That's the coolest move. move. I mean, it, it is to keep people safe, which is pretty dorky. No. So. Uh, <laughs> and Bishop's like, sunglasses? At night? <laughs> Outside? <laughs> I haven't. the assassin. <laughs> Uh, but we get a really great fight here uh, outside yeah. on the lawn um, with uh, Avalanche and, and Pyro and Blob and Cyclops, Rogue and Storm. Uh, Pyro shoots out these firebirds. Or he shoots out some flames that he then uses his powers to turn into two firebirds to separately go after Rogue and Storm, which is yeah. really smart to go after the most powerful mutants first. Yeah. They're awesome. And Rogue's freaked out. She's, a, she's indestructible, but holy moly. By the way, did you know that, Rob? That Rogue is indestructible? Yeah. I did, because, like, uh, I, again, from watching the show, I caught, like, okay. different episodes here and there. 
And I don't know how far into this, I, so I won't spoil it, but I know where she gets her powers from. Interesting. I don't. <laughs> then I'm glad I didn't say anything. I just thought it was a crazy, like, having only seen the movies, I'm like, oh, so nothing hurts her and she can fly. Got it. Yep. She's just like everything. <laughs> they do explain it. Yeah. They do explain it. It'll it's come cool. around. I've had to do a really big balancing act of trying to save information that I hope will be revealed Andrew's later. Andrew's just staring right. at the floor, like sweating as during, I talk about some <laughs> During some of this stuff, show. especially when it comes to like Apocalypse and Mystique and yeah. like all these different backstories. And I'm trying to, I already kind of blew the Juggernauts, um, his whole deal in our Juggernaut episode. And I, I we might want to cut some of that, but because uh, I know later they definitely get into it. But oh, anyway, yeah. it's like yeah. me trying to give some backstory without revealing everything. Yeah, anyway. That's the That's the trick for sure. These big-ass fire eagles are chasing Storm and Rogue, right? And lesser cartoon would just have them dispatch of them with a punch or something lame like that. Right. No, this shit's smart. Rogue uses storm weather. She uses fucking rain and a downpour and takes out her eagles. Duh. And then Rogue takes off into the sky, and she pulls a Tony Stark. You see her hold her breath as yes. she goes higher and higher. Higher and higher to into the ozone. How'd you deal with the de-icing <laughs> issue? Yeah. Crazy and her, yeah. It just you, the lack of oxygen just causes the firebird to just dissolve, which is it's smart writing. Yeah, Cyclops blasts Blob in the belly. Ouchie, he says. Just kidding. Nothing hurts him. Nope. But then Wolverine hops on his back. Nothing hurts the Blob. Okay, round boy. Let's dance. Hey, get off of me! strategy they had against the juggernaut yeah. just hop on his shoulders and hope for the best yeah, okay just try to get him in some water or something you guys are gonna find this hard to believe but okay round boy <laughs> no one uh, my brother and i would quote the fuck out of that blob quote no oh, one no one hurts the blob because if we were fighting or wrestling or something and we thought we hurt each other we'd stop for a second and the response would be no one hurts the blah. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so I never knew where that fucking came, what episode it was going to be in. I was been anxiously oh, wow. waiting. I can't believe it's in season one, and we we blew our load already. But I'm very proud of that. I feel like that it, quote in the X Men like Cabinet Arcade game. Isn't that like what his yes. his quote is when yes. you oh. first run into him? Yes. Yeah, because I had that memory too. But I, I know I haven't seen these episodes before. So Blob falls in the water and Storm. Freezes it. Is it the reflecting pool at the the monument? Yeah, yeah. I think okay. that's supposed to be it. Yeah, I think uh, Ice is doing a lot of the heavy lifting in these two episodes. Yeah. yeah, can I tell you one of my favorite things that I forgot? When Gambit gets into the yellow ship, he types in DC, right? <laughs> and what comes up is Washington State. Uh, what? An oh, really? outline of Washington State. Oh, Hilarious. that's right. That's right. It'd be so funny if he flew all the way to Washington State, which is he just goes across Washington. the country from where yeah. he currently is. Do we think the X Men writers? <laughs> no, this is outsourced to Korea to like make the animation. Oh, the There's animation. No yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yep, they probably just you know looked up Washington that in the encyclopedia and saw that. Yeah, like, there it is. What does Washington look like? Right. And they just saw the state outline. I mean, that would have been the goal: get him out of DC. It could have like, worked. Oh, shit. There's another version of this episode where Gambit lands in the middle of a forest and is like, yeah. where the hell am I? Uh, when Jubilee, I, I love this little thing where Jubilee, she shoots her fireworks at the blob and it just makes him burp. It does nothing. He just burps. <laughs> He's like, ooh, you got a little gas out of me. But thanks gassy. to the actual powerful mutants like Storm, they're able to get the blob frozen um, and, and, and stop him. Uh, yep. as Bishop takes out Pyro. And one thing he does say is... Um, 
uh, yeah, it's like right on cue. They're like, oh, where's Gambit and Bishop? And you just hear, eat plasma grenade. <laughs> and, oh, there's Bishop. We got him. There he is. Which the only other character we've seen use a plasma grenade is Cable. Yes. I love that Wolverine's so distracted by the blob that he completely forgets what they're doing there. Like, they're, it's a dire mission. They need to find Gambit immediately. He's like, I'm about to carve up the blob. <laughs> like, focus. Yeah. <laughs> so on a last-ditch effort to win this little tussle, Avalanche quakes. He's quaking. Uh, a big building starts falling. Quake time. That's what he said. <laughs> Wait, really? Rumble. No. Oh, I wish that was his catch, It's right? time for the rumble zone. <laughs> Let's get ready to... Never mind. <laughs> uh, a little uh, statue or something topples over. It's a over. church steeple. It's oh, like yeah. Huge, giant tower. Yeah, it's about to cr- crush a bunch of people, and Jean is able to stop it force. Force style, like temporarily, but yeah, she like can't f- hold it for a minute. Yeah. I want to, I want to raise something here, and I want to get your three input. Yeah, on yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Is Jean Grey a net negative on the X Men? <sighs> it's they tough. don't respect her on the show. She's yet. not great so far. I yeah. feel like she has been useless. She feels like an afterthought currently in the way they've been writing her. Mm-hmm. They've mostly used her to service Cyclops, yes. as just like right. as a romantic interest for him and the you know the conflict with Wolverine there. Yeah, for like, Wolverine to pine out. But after. in terms of her being powerful, I think they're very much leaning into the comic tradition of like her character being largely ignored for most of the initial run. And right. it's, it's kind of mentioned in the book too. Um Eric Lewald talks about they wanted to focus on their core mutants for season one and Beast yeah. and Gene were not those mutants. Um, okay, that makes sense. Because yeah. yeah, I mean even in the previous episode when Nimrod shows up, he just like kicks her into a building. Yeah, right off the bat. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's really weak and very easily thrown aside. Yes, yeah. it surprisingly kind of works for us though because we underestimate her, and then what eventually comes, is right, even more terrifying. Yeah, it's just because for me personally, when I think about like, oh, what powers would I want? Telekinesis is like top yes. of the list. Yeah, yes. yes, and so I want to see somebody really excel with those powers, and I'm constantly disappointed with Jean Grey. Yeah, you get these tiny moments where they're like, when did she drops the building? You're like, holy crap! Like, oh wow, she yeah. can do it. And then, then she's, she's like, like, ow, 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 ow. I need some help. And then of <laughs> course, heavy. who comes in? Fucking Rogue and is once again being the best yes. and just lifting the whole thing on her shoulders. Like, huh, this is nothing, sugar. As yeah. if we didn't know she was the Superman of the group. She just does the most Superman thing. Yeah. Holds, yeah. holds the tower on her back. And then shoots it. out of that rubble. Just pew. Yeah. yeah. Right Wolverine grabs a little girl from underneath the, the tower while she's holding it. And then uh, says, uh, <laughs> this kid's crying. Do something. Gives her to Jubilee, and Jubilee's like, I don't know. I love that, like, Pyro and Avalanche see this, and they're just like, oh, okay, yeah, we're out of here. And they just bolt. They just run. Uh, Bro, I'm out of here. They lose track of Bishop. Rogue flies up into the sky. Yeah, where is that guy? Where, you like, get, where, where is he? You got, Wait, you got eyes on him? And she says, "One of the maybe and we'll, a top three line from Rogue. I could spit on him if I wasn't a lady. Looks like he's running for Congress. Okay, two awesome lines back to back. She just had those. Wait. Running for Congress? She came up with that on the fly? That's good. Crazy. Very good. And what, then, so why are you so surprised? I could spit on him. I don't know. You're saying her southern accent makes her dumber? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Rogue flies in after Bishop, and we go into the inside of the building where... Um, this yeah, this blue-haired woman who we saw in the courtroom, um, she is leading Senator Kelly to I guess his office. Right, and when and uh, when Pyro and Avalanche had broken in and the senators were running, she had previously said like everything's going according to plan or yes. something to that effect yeah. to be like mm-hmm. okay, she's somebody nefarious. Yeah, 
So yeah, the blue hair lady that we've seen sort of throughout the episode, uh, she leads Senator Kelly into his office and she pulls a gun on him and turns into Gambit. So this must be the only other shapeshifter we've what seen so far, heck? Mystique, uh, who is the leader of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants in the comics. And uh, she's the one who does lead this assassination attempt in the comics as well. Can I run a, a quick fanfic idea by you? Okay. I'd love to hear it. What if... Blow your mind moment, right? Mm-hmm. We think it's Mystique the whole episode. It's fucking Morph. If this is how they brought him back. Whoa. And he's pissed at the X-Men for leaving him behind. That would have been really personal. That would have been scary. Dude. That would have been that would have been very cool. This would have been like the Pine Baron Sopranos episode. This would have been like <laughs> peak fucking X-Men. Peak TV, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But you blew it, so. <laughs> but no, it's just Mystique. Uh. <laughs> but like while she's in uh, Gambit's form, she says uh, to Senator Kelly... Um, Basically, don't mess with mutants, but especially don't mess with the X-Men and don't mess with Gambit. And then Gambit comes in. <laughs> Just at that moment. Wait a minute. Who enters but Gambit? Card already charged. and he Flew all the way to Washington State and back. <laughs> yep. Realized he got the wrong Washington, made it back to D.C. and, and then, throws, <laughs> throws <laughs> down. Then we see another one of John uh, John's fanfics where we have two Gambits. Yeah. Rustling yeah, and tussling. Everyone watching Logan got to see their two Wolverines fight. This is my Logan. Yeah. <laughs> Gambit on Gambit. Gambit on Gambit action. And, of course, Bishop bullshit, enters bullshit, and ruins bullshit. everything. He does. I think, and, and here's where I really have to question Bishop and, like, this man is unserious. No. This is the moment. This is the assassination. Right. If there's any point to switch from stun to kill, <laughs> this is it. With and your... he does not. Nope. He shoots them both, and they're both just, like, fine. Yeah. Body armor. You know, like, you know. Oh, I'll, that I'll, is I guess true. I'll give it to him. The, the end credits make a point to point out that one of Gambit's powers yeah. is his body armor. It's the last thing they list is body armor. <laughs> They're Kevlar like, has vest. the ability to charge things with kinetic energy and body armor. And body armor. <laughs> Next up is Rogue, who's indestructible. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. So now, who comes waltzing in? Rogue. Yep. <laughs> and she's uh, yeah, she just runs in and immediately grabs Bishop. And is like, dude, you're blowing this for everyone. Uh, I'm gonna send you back. And she just grabs that tam- temporal armband that he should not have explained to them. Crazy. Crushes it, and he gets zapped back in time. I did not see this coming. I actually thought that was incredible. Dude, it's... That they sent him back? It's yeah. nuts. Yeah. So you yeah. thought he was going to get stuck in the present? No, it's not even that. I thought, like, he'd have a... a he'd do like, like a the end off. of Endgame, where yeah. it's like, now I'm stepping into the portal. He and just is like, bye. Boom. <laughs> Don't he's shoot out. my boyfriend. And it's because what Rob said, he's too much of a loose cannon. The dude's fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah, Thanks for getting us here, but bye. Yeah, and Rogue, uh, and so the the fake Gambit uh, turns back into Mystique, and Rogue is gonna. She's like, oh, "Well, <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy doing this because, as we saw in a previous episode, um, Mystique had kidnapped Rogue to turn her into a slave of Apocalypse, mm-hmm. but Rogue and the X Men uh, thwarted that whole thing. Right. So um, Mystique tells her, like, "Oh, huh, you think you want to kill me? I don't think you do." And she turns into her mother. Mom? Revealed to have raised Rogue for some period of time on this show. Mind-blowing. A mind-blowing reveal. I had to watch this this section of the show, I'm not twice, but three times, because I was like, am I understanding this correctly? Did you think she was just turning into what her mom looked like? Yes. I love I that. I just didn't get oh, I was like, I, interesting. I, I thought that at first, too. Yeah, I was like, oh, she's trying to manipulate her or like something. But and that then, Rogue immediately bought it. You're like, what the fuck are you doing, but No, Rogue? they're leaning into the comic backstory that Rogue was raised by Mystique. That's but the crazy. thing is, in here, I love that they make it to where Mystique was like actually Rogue's mom, like took the form of Rogue's mom instead of, because in the comics, it's like Rogue is just raised by Mystique and she knows who Mystique is. 
kids. Oh, I see. Because right. Rogue starts off as a villain and is part of the Brotherhood, sort of, and then gets turned over to the X-Men um, throughout the process. Actually, Gambit comes onto the, the team around that same time that Rogue is turning good. She, Rogue is very much sort of a pre-Gambit char- type wait, character. Wait, wait, wait. You're blowing my mind right now. Are you, are you saying that Mystique turns into the woman that is actually Rogue's mom? Or is she turning into what she used to look like before she I became blue? I think it's blue? a Jennifer Lawrence no, situation re- where her Jennifer Lawrence form is like her true form. I think this is going to get... I That's hope this gets I clarified I in really a future episode. Yeah. I think it will. But my assumption is that they're leaning into the comic backstory of Mystique raised Rogue. Yeah, I, I that was what I took from it is that... I took this form and raised you, but you never saw my... Oh, okay. You never my, knew oh, I was oh, a shape... Oh, 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 yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. yeah. You yeah. never saw that I was a shape-shifting mutant. You just thought I was mom. Right. More importantly, John, can you rate her accent? I was going to say, can we just get a whole... Like, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Play the clip. Mama. That's what I told you to call me after I took you in. What she's, sl- she's sling blade. She's yeah, sling blade. I, that's a classic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a classic okay. problem with southern accents is you you dip into the sling blade. You just immediately go to that. Mm-hmm, yeah, oh, that's yeah. what I told you to call me when I took you in. <laughs> Can we get a power ranking of the southern accents so far in in X Men? I said this early on, and I know. I I have a clear answer, by the way. Gambit's Same. agent is really fucking no. good. No. Oh, okay. No. That's how people in you Louisiana- think he's number one. I don't think he's number one. No, okay. no, no, no. no. Uh, no There's Henry, issues. You're not saying that it's uh, you're you're you're. What it's a, not perfect, yeah. but for instance, you know, he didn't get poser, right? Poser, <laughs> pussy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Gambit mostly is nailing the Cajun accent. Uh, I, I just I, like Rogue is mostly nailing her Southern accent. Sugar, it's pretty corny. It's corny, but it sounds it, like a Canadian the, guy doing a Cajun accent. How much do you know about Cajun accents? Henry? I went to. Uh, do you know the more guy, than John? The guy who fixed all of our plumbing in my apartment in New Orleans. Oh, nice. Was full. I could not understand this guy. I mean, that's the real <laughs> nicest, yeah. nicest guy. Like top three nicest people I've ever met in my life. So cool. And I was just like, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> just <laughs> laughing at what you're saying because I don't know. That, the the <laughs> boomhauer is like what Cajun is, where you don't know what the fuck is being said. It's rapid yeah. fire. Yep. So sure. A lot of slang. A lot of yeah. The base of Gambit's accent is the dis that d's and does, which is huge. It's, he's good. If yep. you get that, that's that's half the battle. Yep. So I appreciate it. I think Rogue is the best. Oh yeah, accent. she's great. Accent wise, her voice acting is incredible. But and her voice just by itself, she it, gives it a lot of attitude, which is cool. Like yeah, we can we can we can ignore the actual southern references to history that she makes <laughs> correct but i love Ooh. her voice i will and her gladly accent. ignore those yeah. yeah i hate anyone that talks different than me <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like mutants and humans should be separate but equal <laughs> whoa oh my god rogue rogue rogue, rogue. what well one one other thing i want to bring up just before we move on and this happened just before we get this reveal about mystique yep after this whole assassination attempt happens, Rogue looks at the real blue-haired lady who's there tied up in the room, and Senator Kelly is like, hey, could you fuck off and like give us a moment? And yeah. they're like, oh, yeah. sure, you got it. You, you can just have my office. You were just I, beat up, tied up, like traumatized. Yeah, just get out of here. Get can you just get out of here? They're like, no, yeah, totally okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go down to the commissary and uh, grab a this sandwich. This is what you're missing. The, under, the, the unspoken <laughs> thing is that I know you two are fucking. Oh. I'm gonna tell your wife that you get the fuck out of here. Okay. The way she's clutching your arm right now, something's going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. They, they got, they got Senator Kelly under their thumb now. They oh, 100. I'll buy that. Yeah. And I'll Ro- take it. So Rogue then takes Mystique, flies her off 
and we get back to Kelly, and he's just, like, super confused, and naturally. He saw shapeshifters, he saw mutants fighting mutants, which he was like, wait, mutants fight each other? This is a thing? I thought they just hated humans, and... So, cut to Rogue dropping her mother off by the fountain outside. Yep. And she, she kind of explains the deal. Yeah, Mystique turns back into her blue form and explains her side of things, that Apocalypse gave her her purpose, and that she... She's pulling a Cyclops right now, where she's like, I failed, I failed my boss. Yeah. She's and like, her- I was supposed to assassinate Kelly to bring about this fu- this perfect future that Apocalypse sees with, you know, mutant supremacy or just, you know. And Rogue's like, why? Like, why are you working for this guy? Because he gave me purpose, much yeah. like Xavier gave you purpose. But I Daddy, mean, I love him. We both want the <laughs> same thing. We just serve different people, you know, and... Also, Mystique did it just because the reason she wanted Rogue to be part of Apocalypse's little uh, four horsemen is because she just wanted to be closer to her daughter again. Mm -hmm. There's an emotional core there, this relationship that hopefully we get to explore more in the future. Uh, This is my question for you. Did you think the writers knew that they were going to go this route with the daughter stuff in that episode previously? Because you have Mystique, like, shooting guns at Rogue and shit. Like, she is, like... Well, she knows she's indestructible. That's the thing. Uh, I mean, did I, I try to shoot you? Yes. Did I try to enslave you? Also, yes. But it's just because I wanted to be closer to my daughter. You wouldn't <laughs> die. I think it could have been a situation of a happy, like maybe when they were writing the apocalypse episode, they were like, okay, well, which mutant would want the cure? And they kind of landed on Rogue, and so then they're like, okay, well, they're going to try and turn Rogue into a slave, but it's Mystique who's working for Apocalypse, mm. who's trying to make this happen. Oh, in the comics, they have this connection of sort of this mother-daughter thing. Maybe we can lean into that later down the line, and we reveal that. I'm, I'm assuming that's the... Or it was just a happy accident, and then they're like, oh, we could connect those dots later. But I think it's awesome like how this episode does a lot to make everything very, very personal. And the show in general, I think, does a really good job of taking these sort of macro, big-world stakes and giving them yeah. very personal motivations with specific characters, both on our side and on the villain's side. Definitely. Like, everyone's very fleshed out. I mean, except for, like, Pyro and Avalanche, who are just kind of, like, these bumbling to, like... They, they have a very, um, like, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like, a very... Uh, yeah. All the emotional moments, especially Rogues, as of recently, are, like, really good. Yeah. Her, her whole, like, episode where she goes to Muir Island and... It's all, it's they all really great. fleshed her out in the back end of this yeah. season. Like Gambit too. Like he was a guy they largely ignored in the front half because like front half was very much about like Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, and like a little bit of Jean Grey and you know Xavier and setting up the villains. And now we're getting into the other members of the team. Jubilee is still kind of like an afterthought, which is I'm totally fine with. Yeah. Right. But, so back to the future. We that, think everything's done, right? Like the assassination was prevented. Seems like happy it. days. Yeah. Or not. Rainbows and sunshine. So I thought this was almost going to be a double fake out because Bishop lands and he's like, oh no, we didn't change anything. And then I thought he was going to see kids playing in the street again. And oh wait, kids in in the street. (laughs) But no, it's still, everything's still awful. Uh, But Forge is there waiting for him. And he basically says like, hey, we can try again. We can try as many times as we need to. Um, Step into my lab real quick. He walks, walks into the lab and he sees the adamantium skeleton in some kind of healing bay of Wolverine. Yeah, I was like, is that a robot Wolverine in there? No. What is going on? Oh, no, that's dead Wolverine. Because the last time we saw that version Wait. of Wolverine, he was yes. eviscerated by Nimrod. I didn't wow. realize he's that He's studying either. dead Wolverine's skeleton. Holy yes, and I think he's going to try and rebuild him and maybe cyborg Wolverine? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Wow. wow. He can invent anything. But it's the thing pretty is, dark. If, all that takes, though, if, if Wolverine just has a fraction of his DNA still intact, he can rebuild. Yeah, maybe just, yeah, hopefully there's just, like, a little bit of skin on that. There's just something left, yeah. He's hoping to, like, you know, that back to tube will, you know, bring him all the way back. We'll see. What if Bishop landed in the streets and he's like, adults? 
on the sidewalk at night? <laughs> I failed! <laughs> Nothing changed! You just start shooting yeah, everything. Everything's the I mean, opposite. I guess from Bishop's perspective, he definitely did fail because before he could complete his mission, he got sent back because Rogue crushed his temporal band. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it looks like this isn't the last we're going to see of Bishop and Forge based off of that line of dialogue. I'd be surprised. Coming back again and again. I'd be very surprised. So we are still unsure of what makes the future so bleak. But let's get back to modern times. Probably the ozone. Yeah, it's pro- but probably. Back in the present, Xavier and Kelly are talking. Is that right? Yeah. They're pumped. Well, they're supposed to talk. I yeah, think yeah. This Cyclops is, uh, and, and Xavier are like, hey, we're about to go have this meeting mm-hmm. with Kelly. They're on their way to the to the office. They hear commotion. And Cyclops, my guy, bro, the door is probably open. Yeah. But he just yeah. blasts that thing. <laughs> they hear, yeah, they hear some commotion knock, on the other knock. side. Oh, no. And when they're in the hallway, so, Professor X is taking all the credit. He's like, so I told him we could live peacefully, and uh, he listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just go iron out this deal and make sure things are good for mutants. Now that, now that we've saved his life, I think he owes us. Uh-huh. And we know about his mistress, of course. And then, yeah, so, yeah. That's what got us this meeting. <laughs> we got yeah. some blackmail on him that we can use. <laughs> You're not hiding it well. Oh, she has man. blue hair. But yes. He blew it. But they blast that door open, and the office is trashed, and Kelly's nowhere to be seen. Who did this? What could have done this? Giant hole in the wall. This place is wrecked. Oh, my God. Was it a sentinel? Was it a blob? Was it Mystique? No. Was it Avalanche? I'm just going to keep listing things until we get an answer, guys. Kool-Aid no. Man? Henry, who was it? Magneto. Uh, wait, That's right. how do you know that, though? Because Xavier lifts up his arm and looks at his watch, and they're like, what, dude? Use your words. And he's like... Look at my watch. It's not moving. Whoa. They're like, okay, cool. Your watch broke. Change your battery. Takes it off, drops it. Wait, dude, it's going to break. No. It zips right onto his chair and sticks to it. It's been magnetized. The Cyclops goes, cool trick. I don't get it. <laughs> Please explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. And then Cyclops and the Wolverine goes, fucking magnets. How do they work? <laughs> And on that, we get our first third parter of a to-be-continued at the end of this episode, rounding out Days of Future wow. Past, leading us into the finale, bum, bum, bum. the final decision. That's crazy. We're already here. We have a lot of story threads that have been busted wide open, but some that have been closed. And I'm excited to see how it all culminates in our final chapter of the season. Okay, it's rating time. Let's get into it. Let's do it. This is an all-timer for me. It's absolutely an all-timer, an all-timer two-parter. Now, what's our rating system? So, Rob, every episode we do, like, does the mall babe eat chili fries was a very big quote in the first episode. So we ranked by 10 chili fries. How many How many chili fries? Yes, was? and we used 10 because, you know, of course. I feel like part one we should have something to do with the future. Like, well, no, it's it, one and two. They're, we're gonna, they're both going to be together. Oh. That's what we did with Night of the Sentinels one and two. I agree with that, yeah. All right. Mm. So as these two episodes as one big block. Oh, transponders? Transponders? Oh, yeah. Transceivers. Transceivers? Transceivers? How many round boys? How many <laughs> round boys? Oh. oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, round boy. Boy. All right. How many round boys out of 10 round boys? It, both episodes are rated the same thing on IMDb. Okay, or let me guess. What do you think that number Ooh, is? I've been pretty close a few I'll, times. I'm going to take uh, a poll here. What do you got, Rob? I'm going to guess a seven. There's points in this, too, on IMDb. So, like, 7.3. 7.7. 8.3. That's a really good one. I I'm going to say 8.7. You're both closest. 
Oh. 8.5. Wow. <laughs> seven, though, Rob. Rob, this is why I asked, why seven? I was, because I just figure, uh, honestly, I thought IMDb would just skew a little bit lower. Oh, I have perfect. no idea how IMDb ratings work. Any, yeah. Every episode you ask us to guess the IMDb ratings, and I feel like I'm just pissing in the dark every single time. Yeah, I figured it would be vaguely positive. We but also not have like the hindsight rave. of knowing what the previous episodes have been uh, yeah, I'm rated. Yeah, definitely so. coming at this. <laughs> that's, like, fair, that's fair. Totally within And most of them are above seven. Okay, right. interesting. And considering this is one of the best episodes I think we've seen, yeah, I'm not surprised. I have my score, and it's going to blow your mind. What is it? Lay it on us. And why? Ten. Ten round boys. Ten round boys. I think this has everything. Great action, great emotion, great stakes and twists. Also, we get a different animation style. That's cool and new. I'm right there with you, Henry. I oh. am also giving it a 10 out of 10. Another it 10 is, round boys. I think another perfect X-Men story. I think it embraces everything that makes the X-Men cool and unique. It has the sci-fi element of time travel. It's got um, you know mutants that are sort of changing alliances based off of information they're getting about the world around them with Bishop starting off as a bad guy, then sort of or starting off as an antagonist and then sort of turning into a good guy, but not fully. And I just they 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 stay in all of that awesome moral gray area of like who's right and who's wrong and the X-Men are fighting but they're also not winning and we we get a lot of big action with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and it just it takes a classic iconic X-Men story multiple ones Bishop's introduction Days of Future Past and Nimrod and even Rogue's backstory and weaves them all into one awesome cohesive narrative the the Mystique thing blows my mind I'm still not over that yeah all right Who's up? I love it as a twist. I'm so glad they made that a twist. It's so cool. Yeah. Rob, what you got? Uh, I feel like, uh, okay, so I have, to, I have to live my truth here, and I, I'm coming at this at a bit of a different angle because I'm seeing this within it's good. a vacuum. This is good. I'm seeing this completely without any context of the other yeah. episodes. No, that's yeah. exactly what we wanted. I'm going to give it an eight. That's really good. Eight round boys. Uh, and that's to say, like, I had a lot of fun watching this. Yeah. And there is good action. I do think they did a great job setting it up. Uh, for where it's going to go from here, and then obviously even just a longer running thing of just like, oh, they still have to continue to work, you know, to save the future. There's there's things both personal and larger scale that they leave off on. Um, there's some great lines, laugh lines, and even just moments with the characters. I, I the reason I'm going to take a couple points off is just because I think because they tried to cram this story into two episodes, they had to make some yeah. jumps that feel a little janky, like the whole. I won't forget this rookie thing. It's just like a little ham-fisted. Yeah. Um, it's definitely well, the weakest part say, of the episode is the whole no bishop sense. having yeah. amnesia. and uh, It's just, yeah, no thanks. Right. So there's there's those things. I think there's still some fun to be had within that, even just like watching him come back into the 90s and just be like, I don't think I time-traveled at all. It was <laughs> like pretty funny to me. But yeah. I had fun watching it. So I'm going to I'm gonna give it an eight round boys out of ten. Oh, well, you're never sick. invited back. <laughs> <laughs> Russian judge gives it a five. Um, that's an appropriate score. We're, yeah, running, we're running a bit long on this one, so I'll be brief. This is 10 out of 10. Wow. wow. Absolutely. Rob, this is not 10. normal, by the way. It's not. Wow. So the it's only not. other time we've got, had straight 10s, except for you, uh, it was <laughs> Night of the Sentinel Part 1 and 2, the very first two episodes. Did I give show. that a 10? You, yeah, you cha- you had wow. a 9, and then I think you bumped it up to a 10. Oh, okay. We, we peer pressured down. you into it. Yeah. I feel like if when doing like your mean, median, and mode, mine should be like, uh, you should do with and no, without. No, no. 
I, I no. don't want to tank your score. No, it's incorporated <laughs> no. directly into the score. Any guest that's on this show is an automatic X boy. They become Got canon. It. Their and rating becomes canon. It you have a in. room in the school. In yeah. I am school. I am Bishop coming in here. Yes, and just like kind of fucking around, kicking in the door and shooting <laughs> shit. We're gonna and then I'm out of here <laughs> for the we're future. Gonna, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> tattoo <laughs> you as you leave. <laughs> Rip oh. off my temporal time band and send me back to my yeah. condo. <laughs> so 10? Oh, it's 10 out of 10. Awesome. Cool. Same reasons we've listed before? No, no. Many, many, many a reason. You oh. know, Ooh. each character gets a spotlight on them, right? Everyone gets their big moment, uh, including Gambit, who I, <laughs> I'm quite fond of. And Storm gets claustrophobia. <laughs> got to have that every episode. Yeah. Any episode she's in, we got to be reminded. That was a highlight for me, yeah. Yeah. quite honestly. And... You tease Magneto at the end. We're wondering where's our big boy villain? Where's he been? That little Magneto. That little nugget at the end is huge. Yeah. That's because we know the future is still messed up. Yes. And we know it's probably because of Magneto. And that's what the promise of the next episode's conflict is. Is fighting Magneto to save the future. What have we seen him twice w- once, twice this this season? His t- those two episodes, Enter Magneto Crazy. and Deadly Reunions, yeah, at the very beginning. I will say, as a kid growing up, I, I combined Cable and Bishop in my mind. They both kind of... Oh, they're so similar. They do the same thing to me. And it, they're guys... you watching now, yes. I, I respect both those characters way more. I love Bishop. He's fucking nuts. Cable's like cold calculated on a mission. Bishop's like, I've seen some shit and I'm, I'm losing my mind and I have to do something now. They're both interesting. They're both great. That's big for me. I love this episode. It's so many surprises. Yeah. And... Uh, I just want a kiss from this episode, like Gambit. <laughs> I could spit on him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's settle for some spit. <laughs> All right. We did it. We did it. We done did it. Days of Future Past, a big one. Wow. Our first big guest spot. Thank you so much, Rob. Yeah, oh, yeah, this was, this was a blast. You did great. You are welcome anytime. Yeah, this was a lot we'll of fun. We'll probably bring you back for another huge one. Where where can we check you out? Yeah, so you can check me out on the Animation Podcast. Uh, that's great where podcast. I'm usually at. Uh, we do a kind of similar thing. I call it like an anime book club. You know, we just yeah. we, we watch like four episodes of a show. I do a recap and then we kind of just talk and ask questions and like compare to other things and then we also do a ranking. Our ranking is usually out of 9,000 because like Whoa. over 9,000. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah, it sounds way better than this. We sucked. It sounds way better than our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We've been doing it a while. This no, is, we're on X, like version 3.5 of our podcast at this point. If that makes X is the Roman right. numeral for 10. Whoa. See, there you go. Ooh. We're doing what we should be doing. It's all coming together. <laughs> but yeah, check out Animation. We are on all the po- podcasting uh, stuff. You can you can see us there. Me and my fellow co-hosts, uh, Keenan, Ice, and uh, Brennan, we uh, cover anime stuff right now uh, i don't know when this is going to come out but right now we're currently covering uh ranking of kings it comes um, out in 2055 perfect uh i don't know what we'll be watching then but you know we'll uh, come and check us out see what we're doing it's a pretty good po- i'd give it an eight out of ten in their podcast yeah you know what? that's respectable <laughs> that's respectable i'll take it it's fine as a solid b student i will take that netflix it, has an anime x-men on it i've noticed we covered that oh you did we Whoa. did we did um, it wasn't very good i watched the pilot yeah it's not great yeah what i do like about it as a cyclops fan cyclops gets a lot of shine uh, they depowered sense. Storm a lot in that one, though. Oh, interesting. It, 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 Storm feels like well, they had to, like... Well, she is overpowered in this, I would say. It felt like they had to do something well, to, to combat that. What they do in the comics to, like, combat that is they basically make it to where every time she uses her powers, there's some kind of consequence in the weather of the world. So, like, there'll be times oh. where she's, like, to fight Nimrod or whatever, where she's like, I have to summon a massive tornado hurricane, and then, like, off the coast of Barbados, there's, like, a fisherman who's like, what the hell is happening? And there's, like, a giant storm that's, like, destroying his ship. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they try to make it... 
they sort of try to balance her in that way. I like yeah. that. Yeah, there's some fun action on the X-Men anime, but overall it's not... It, 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 it wasn't one of our favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll check out Animation. That's anime and then S-H-U-N. Yes. And it is good. Thank you. Eight out of ten. Guys, <laughs> it's been real. I'm Henry. I'm Andrew. Johnny Boy. And I'm Rob. We got the finale coming up next week. I'm scared. I'm scared. The final decision. The f- it's the last decision you're ever going to have to make is watching this finale. And that'll wrap up season one. Not only is it a finale, it's also season one wrap-up. So get excited, folks. It'll be four hours, I think. So <laughs> get ready. Tune in. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.